Hey, Keith, can you hear me? Love you, love you. I love this session. What just happened? What, I'm only getting one ear. Can you mess around with my input? No, no, no. it. No, no. Headphones. Yeah. Nope. Up, up top. Oh, right there. Yep. Right. Keep messing with it. And there we go. Yeah. Hello, sir. Oh. Yeah. Hello. Um. Can, can you hear me? Can you hear me? You're muted. Oh yeah. Uh, how's your connection over there? Uh -oh. Looking like you're freezing. So where's this being streamed? Ooh, there we go. YouTube. Uh, can you turn me up? For some reason, I oh maybe it's my headphones. Is it my head? Yeah, it's my headphones. Oh. You mute us. Hello. Can you hear me now? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, you sound great. All right. Perfect. All right. Let's let we'll, we'll get this thing started. <laughs> Roll it. Um, All right. Quaaludes. <laughs> uh, I need to make sure it's the right one. Oh, there we go. Uh, Dave, can you hit the, the special music? Special button. First one. What do you... Hello? What just happened? I, ha I have nothing in my headphones. Oh. Uh... I have nothing connection. in my head. Uh, can you hear him? <laughs> That's about me, too. Can you hear him? I can hear him. I'm good. What, yeah, what, hear him. Uh, there we go. Oh, I, oh my God. I see three, three people in the head. same room. No masks. No plastic dividers. What is this world coming to? I'm, it's, uh, it's, it's crazy. I know. It's, it's insane. We're, we're crazy. We're, uh, yeah, we're down you guys in a bunker. Are nuts. That's like, <laughs> it's like I go to Disneyland with my wife all the time, and my mom is like, you, you, you went to Disneyland? Like, did you, are there people there? Did, did you go on right? Did you mask up? I'm like, no, I'm there to see a mouse. I'm not worried about it. Love this. Yes. <laughs> I um, agree. Yeah, for sure. Um, we're 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 gonna real quick start the uh the theme song and whatnot. Sure. What the hell is calling me? Just throw that phone. Hey there, friends and family, and whoever the hell is watching. We are Nudes of a friends New and George, family. and I am your host, Steve. 
the meat man Manson? No, no, that would be me. No, but my I'm, name's I'm, not Steve. I'm Steve McMonster McMahon, joined by my co-host Colin, the meat man Melanson. Corn beef. <laughs> and Mikey, splain boy, splain. Yo. Uh, what I didn't tell you, and I, I posted it earlier, is we also have a special guest. Um, the dishes are done man himself. Keith Coogan. <laughs> the dish man. The yes, dish man. Good evening. Everybody. Yeah, welcome. <laughs> you you must have plenty of nicknames. The Coogan Cougar. The Cougar. Coogan. Oh, damn. Woody. Oh, that's crazy. Uh, hey, babe. You. Lots of nicknames. Yeah. Sorry, I'm trying to get my little light that has, like, you know, the color balance is balancing and it's just not balancing. So it's just something shorted. Uh, that's, that's, that's it. So, uh, yeah, uh, now nicknames, act, whatever. I'll respond to any long e vowel sound. Yeah. Keith, please, Steve, <laughs> Kevin. That's I'm Steve. <laughs> um, I, I do want to say, first first and foremost, thank you so much for coming out on here tonight. Like, it, it's it's amazing that I I was able to talk to you and, and, you know, have you come on here. Yeah. Yeah, thank you for setting yes, aside some you. time. This is great. Oh, no, I appreciate it. Thanks for thinking of me, unlike my agent. No, I really appreciate it. I appreciate being <laughs> on. And I'm a nerd. I'm a nerd. Got an Apple 2C at 16 on January of 86. Uh, huh. was in uh, band and theater and total nerd. I, I, was in, I, I was in band. I was in theater. Uh, I didn't have an Apple. My parents were we're poor i had a commodore 64 oh uh we had oh, a I, bought, I bought my own apple that and then wasn't, nes that was yeah no i was in the uh, woods apple, with a stick cutting but... down ferns pretending i was a warrior <laughs> what <laughs> that was you never right. did that in the 80s <laughs> no 90 in the 2000s oh we're talking about the 80s i'm a young lad i played i, was, I played uh, uh i was just a few years old oh yeah Le- leisure leisure wasn't even born. larry Please, you see Larry oh, Land of the Lounge Lizards. Woo. You know what's funny yeah. is I actually looked on uh, um, my iPhone the other day mm. as to whether or not they they have a game for it, and they do. What Leisure Suit Larry? Yeah, yeah. It's a it was an adult rated game. You never played the game? No, I absolutely played oh, the game. Yeah, I, all... I couldn't get past you know uh, uh, going into the bathroom. Ah, I, I got stuck in the the, the stall. Ah. Is that what they call <laughs> well, it? I, I I'm assuming. Yep, exactly that, Dave. <laughs> so, Keith, what what do you got going on? You're you're in Agawam? No, next week. Or you're in Agawam next, next week. week? Yeah, going to Agawam next week uh, for Agawam Theater and also <laughs> um, Pop Culture uh, um, Bookstore, comic book shop, the following day in another state. But So a whole weekend, of, we're coming out of L.A. And, um, and then a series of uh, autograph conventions throughout the year uh texas we're looking at you uh, uh and go to you know my instagrams and all that stuff and we'll post as the cons come up that's oh, awesome. awesome awesome yeah where, where can they find you on uh instagram and all those the socials uh website is keith coogan and that links off to everything including my Flickr account oh <laughs> man I would leave my friendster up there, you know, but that's shut down. MySpace, that's that's looking good. Go back to MySpace and try to log in and and see what they've done to your page. It's fun. I try and do it every few years just to like keep it alive. But what so what are you what have you been up to recently before we get into uh, questions about other things? 
Oh, the the same. The where I work uh, nine to five. I am a tour guide at Sony Studio Tours. Uh, audition, of course. Uh, uh, work. I got a couple things out. Uh, Amazon Prime is on our own a series. And uh, what's the oh um, quarantine bunch show about former child stars that uh, secret ex child actor meetings that they used to meet up in person. They have to move them online because of quarantine. And then. Uh, a deranged fan crashes them. It's very anti-comedy. I uh, think too many cooks. Um, two films coming out. Team of Two. And uh, what is the Wrong Reasons? Ooh. Um, wrong Reasons. They play a, uh, a douchey uh, network uh, anchor. Much like an Anderson Cooper. Oh. <laughs> oh. And, well, so you were in a... So like the, the child star thing and everything... And playing a douchey character, Tale of Two Corys. Yes. So you're in that. Yeah. As uh, the a manager, right? Was yes, it one I of their think managers? I was, I was somebody sent to actually or, be the guardian for one of the kids. And then, yes. of course, you know. Because, so, you know, that so, was um, traumatizing. And I know that there are just like in real life uh, with kids in school or church groups or neighbors or whatever, you know, a, a percentage, there's a horrible issue with it. it helped that my mother was three feet standing behind me 24 uh, seven. She'd go to the bathroom with me. So I was very lucky uh, in that sense. And uh, further wish to protect, you know, my family's more focused on the labor stuff, the Kuganak, the law, as far as we can yes. do background checks with adults that work ch with children, 15% of the money put aside three hours of school and working hour restrictions, no overtime and the hours get smaller, the younger you are. Yeah. Your grandfather helped put that together, right? The Coogan act in California. Yeah, he did. He'd also, usher um, that in. he was kind of the first world's first film child star and the market exploded yes, after that with yeah. Jackie Cooper and Shirley Temple and, and Judy Garland and they, you know, all of them were making millions of dollars. Mm -hmm. They also, in California, where all these films are being made, a minor can't sign a contract. Yeah. Well, wait a second. How do you do a slate of films and Andy Hardy pictures with these underage kids? Well, there had to be a mechanism to be able to have a liability for them if they decided to go to the beach on Monday morning instead of coming to work because a minor cannot sign a contract. It's unenforceable in California. So the Coogan Act gave all of these things to kids, kind of like adults, extra protections, but then also pinned them down to be liable if they don't show up on set. Um, it's interesting. You should read the Coogan Act. It's almost more, most more focused on that, of how it benefits the studios treating them like an adult than it does uh, uh, the other way around. However, it's, it's benefited you know, every kid in some way, even those that may have lost their money, well, they, you know, at least they got paid overtime or they didn't have to do overtime or, you know, and there's still enough violations. And, and you see, uh, like, I think Twilight Zone, the movie, uh, and John Landis, um, terrible tragedy. Um, but then you've also I seen continues on that. sets that with rust and a firearm going off. Who's to say that somebody wouldn't have had a kid on the set? You know, if they allowed yeah. a real gun and adults on the set, hey, you know, kids too. So, oh yeah, uh, you remember the Landis thing? Yeah, that that the fact that there's even a video of it is is pretty freaking crazy. I, we were, we're talking about the same thing, the helicopter, right? Yeah, we were shooting 
Adventures of Babysitting while the trial was going on. Oh, wow. And uh, <gasps> so they were very adamant about Maya Bruton never working past midnight. They go, nope. And I'm like, this is a night shoot. It cuts down like all the hours she can work. And they're like, nope, she cannot. No feeding so we, after midnight. Also another yeah, Christmas. So we got clothes. a Canadian girl that stuck my uh, Sarah's clothes on the Canadian girl. <laughs> she had her do all the lines. Look, ooh, Thor, mighty god of thunder, eh? Um, <laughs> Speaking of, uh, uh, you know, get, getting an older person playing a younger person, I, I read something the other day that you were 22 when you played Kenny in uh, mm. Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. I would say 20. Uh, it came out in 91. We shot it in 90. And I was, I was born in 70. And uh, I was not old enough to drink. I know this because I had my stand in, <laughs> buy me beer. So, um, the, <laughs> uh, yeah, and I think I'm a, a, a year older than Christina, but playing her younger brother. And that's common. That, for yeah. me, at least. I uh, also I'm not read a tall a thing. kid. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. I also read a thing that uh, you you had originally gotten turned down for the role of Kenny because you were too old and you left, got a wig, got some stoner gear, came back, and you immediately got the part. Uh, yeah, in a nutshell, I had asked my That's agent. Awesome. I was auditioning for the Josh Charles role and had read oh. the script. And after okay. reading it and seeing the Josh Charles role, I said, you know, in my family, I always said, don't repeat the same part because you get typecast and uh, so don't do two nerds in love with the babysitter, you know? And I said, okay, yeah. I just done. I was babysitting. So who's the brother that Kenny looks like a great part. My agent said, you're too old. I went, okay. So I went in and I auditioned for the Josh Charles part and it brought Ian, the clown dog boy. And when leaving the audition, I turned around to uh, Sharon Bialy and I said, Hey, can, can I come back in a few minutes and show you something? She said, sure, Keith. And I uh, went to the car, changed into my kit, my Kenny kit. Chris <laughs> Young from PCU and Max Headroom and uh, uh, Great Outdoors. Oh, he helped me put together the kit. We had coincidentally been working on Stoner cooking show, uh, cooking with, you know, Doug and Bob and Dave or something like that. They couldn't even make toast. Dude, I don't know. Where's the toaster, man? And coincidentally, I got... I. So maybe that's why I was attracted to Kenny because I was workshopping these, you know, Bob and Doug or whatever. They were not not Bob and Doug McKenzie, but they were cooking with Dave, some Ken and Dave, or cooking a cooking with something like that. And um, so then I went in, kicked the door open in costume, and it's the director and producers and casting director. And I said, oh, "All right, who's in charge? Rock and roll." And um, blacked out. Don't remember the audition. And then a few days, a few <laughs> days later, I got the call that I got it. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome! So the typecasting thing, when your, your family they they had a big thing like don't get typecast, don't go into TV because you're you know just yep. do guest spots, yep. all that stuff because they'd be like you get typecast. Um, and that was after your grandfather was Uncle Fester, the original, correct? Yeah, right, absolutely. And so man, I was, the world's I was thinking, most hated man on Brady Bunch. He was the one with the car accident, and Cindy has to lie in court, and he's. Oh, hmm. yeah. oh did we lose you? Frozen? Oh no! Michael Sullivan here. Oh, Michael there you Sullivan. are. Okay, okay. Someone's trying to call me on uh, ah. Messenger or so, something. I don't know why. Please don't call me on Messenger. 
I don't have the time. <laughs> so, and I, I don't mean that in a douchey way. I'm literally driving on Mulholland or I'm here or cooking or sleeping or at yeah. work or auditioning or at an autograph convention or at an airport or in a plane. And I don't mean it in a dicky way. Me and Pinky have decided to do every single fan outreach that we can. And uh, so just by the skin of our teeth, um, I'm a healthy kind of I, sleep. I could use a little more sleep would be nice. But uh, yeah, so whoever just well, we called have- me on. I don't know who that was. Okay. Anyway, go on. Well, we appreciate it. But, <laughs> I'm so very the, open the to my type, fans. I have 5,000 friends on Facebook. Oh, yeah. I do have a fan page, but I just, I said, let's just fill that up with, with real friends in high school and work mates and fellow celebrities and fans. So I get these messages from other celebrities that go, who is this? It says they're a friend of yours. And I go, I don't know. They're a fan, I guess. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> me, me, me being one of them. With, with typecasting, do you think typecasting is really a thing now? Because now you look at like Robert Downey Jr. is always going to be Iron Man, but everyone loves seeing him in everything else. Chris Evans is always going to be Captain America, but everyone loves sure. seeing him. So do you think that the typecasting now, it's almost like now it's it's more like brand recognition. I don't know. It's, it's exactly. not the same anymore. You're exactly like, right. It, it's, and the only reason we're worried about it is because Richie Cunningham and Fonzie yes. and um, so yes, branding. And that's just the shortcut because we've shortened our attention spans. You could sit down, watch WKRP in Cincinnati. There's tons of full episodes on YouTube free. And you will see character development, pacing, pauses, a, just an absolute, taking your time with something with their 23 minutes of network television today it is uh two pages a minute it's super rapid fire everyone's throwing it away and they're just ripping through and i go everything has a beat and perhaps that's why i'm not booking as much i got on the rookie on abc recently the nathan fillion show but it was a it would fit me particularly uh so i i will I will wait for those types of roles or a director that really wants to, Hey, what's Keith Coogan doing? Um, but I do like to, uh, uh, I don't know, work it a little bit more. Cause remember the eighties, the movies were kind of memorable and characters and you yeah. can, you've got Sean Astin, you've got Rudy and you've got Mikey and Sam wise. None of those yeah. are the same kind of, you know, um, yeah, branding though, and there are some of us like Corey Feldman. He branded early at twelve, thirteen, with like the hats and the thing and the dancing, and he continued it and turned it into music. It goes on tours, puts out albums, and uh, and unwavered from that. Madonna, we noticed, would do come out with her big album. Okay, she's got this look. Wow, that, you know, revolutionary. And all these girls are copying the Madonna look and everything. And the next album, a different look. She changed her hair. The music's different. So she was rebranding herself every two years with an album. It was interesting. You could see an image and connect it to a song in a certain, like, kind of, um, in a certain album. And then she'd move on to the next phase. And some people didn't like a phase and she'd maybe lose some fans or pick up some more and then keep kind of morphing. And that's a real artist. I'm just a hack. I just need a funny, quick, supporting character, as they say. You are um, not a hack. Slackers. You- Slackers and wannabes. You, you have been um, in some and, awesome well, stuff. <laughs> I'm really You've good been. at like, I'm a surgeon who's really good at skin tags. I can't take out your appendix. <laughs> I can't do any sort of thing. But I can, I can go in there and get a skin tag and you're done. Oh my God, it looks great. That's <laughs> me. I'm a surgeon. But like a dentist is a doctor. 
Do you do you still keep in? So when did you meet Corey Feldman? Because you were on Fox and the Hound together as voice actors. But did you guys interact? Oh, we probably met on the Mattel commercial when I was the hand model, the hand double for his. His kid was playing with like a Mattel plastic um, train thingy. Yeah. And then they break him for school. And then to do the close up, they just use me. But my face isn't in it. Oh, and so, then we yeah, did Fox and the Hound. You've been like interweaving, yeah, with them. So it's that, and then like I was wondering, like, when you got that tale of two Corys, right? Did you were you able to talk to be like, hey, You're like, did he know about it? He like, hey, guess what I'm doing, or guess what part I'm doing? Like, uh, did you keep in contact with him? And then was that like, what was that like? But we uh, then we oh. did Fox and the Hound, then we did uh, Kid with the Broken Halo see each other all auditions, see each other at all the kids, the award shows, the events, the premieres, the parties, the uh, fundraisers, softball games. Uh, there's a community of 20, 30, maybe 40 of us, the same age, the same type. And as you get older, kids start adding to, who's this, Who's Corey Haim? Who's River Phoenix? Who's Christian Slater? Who's? And uh, those are the people I was worried about. When they walked in the room, I went, shit. I'm totally sorry if I curse. Can I curse? Is that okay? Oh, you can curse. Oh, we, we, say, we do it all the time. We, we, we all the say fucking way, time. Yep, yep, so everybody books different. Like, uh, so, uh, like, I went up for The Shining, and me and Corey were very close, but Danny Lloyd got it. So then at Goonies, there's 10 kids around a plexiglass pirate, one-eyed willy pirate ship that's, you know, about this big. And we're all, you know, talking about the story and the ideas and stuff. And I look across and say, I'm going up for mouth. And I see Corey and go, hey, Corey, who are you auditioning for? And he goes, mouth. And I went, fuck. <laughs> he's going to get it. I mean, he's known for the, the um, impressions and the improv and it's quick. And I'm like, I'm kind of shy and really need to kind of study my lines. And my improv is the series of four choices. I made it two o'clock in the morning the night before making notes, you know, like if, and then statements in my comedy. So Corey's a little more naturally talented than I am. Uh, you know, then you're, I get a thing called Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, but my mom's going to give birth to my little brother and it shoots in Salinas and she doesn't want to give birth up there. Give it to Second Choice, River Phoenix. You go up for a part and you think you're going to get it and you see it's casting Mary Jo Slater, Christian Slater's mom. Not that she casted because it's her son, but because he was the best for it. Um, sure. You go in... <laughs> you go out for things you're terribly wrong for. Farmer Ted, Lloyd Dobler. Um, I went up for Stand By Me, Christmas Story, The Toy. Didn't get any of those. But I got Fox and the Hound, Cheetah, Adventures of Babysitting, Hiding Out, Cousins, uh, Don't Tell Them Babysitter's Dead. I've done ski movies, surf movies, ninja movies, a giant snake movie, all the good movies and half of the bad ones. And uh, if someone calls me and they have gone SAG, ultra modified scale, low budget, we'll pay you in a Pepsi, I will show up and play. That's awesome. That's well, and you grew up in Malibu, the poor part of Mal Malibu. Yes, yes. Uh, and, uh, and you just, uh, I was <laughs> watching some interviews with you. Yeah, and you, you did all the normal things, even though you come from this Hollywood royalty and stuff, and you just had, yeah, public school, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, that's really great that that i think it shows it shows like in a good way like you're, you're very grounded <laughs> well, very well grounded, so. my mom you know she i got a whippings and i had lots <laughs> of chores to do 
And because of the showbiz family, it started with like great grandparents in vaudeville and grandfather. And my mom was a comedy writer. And so I didn't get any points for getting a Silver Spoons episode. I got points for picking up the dog shit and making the beds and taking out the trash. Nice. Nice. Um, I, I mean, at least so I, that's, that's, that's much better having like a parent that doesn't treat you differently because you have, you know, a, a, a career like bigger than they do or you know what i mean well i i've kind of put something together i was not afraid of success or failure after because of my grandfather's story he would tell me oh hollywood's very cyclical he had a huge shoot up you know as a five-year-old and then was a has-been by 13 um and so i knew that i knew that going in that you're gonna have your moments and it's gonna go up and down and Huh. Oh, well, let's see. Uh, so I recently saw uh, Polly Shore on his YouTube. Yes. I don't know if you, yes. So he oh, no, just, I shared I it immediately. Just, I've commented on ago. it. It's the greatest thing he's shared. It was a screen test, correct, for Encino Man, which you were going to be in one of the leads. And, mm-hmm. and the action, instead mm-hmm. of Brendan mm-hmm. Fraser. No, was, that's incorrect. Was, but continue. It was Ben Stiller was Brendan Fraser's part. Correct. He was Encino Man. Yes. It was Ben Stiller was the caveman. And it was yes. you and I don't know the other actor's name. Jeff Maynard. Oh. Jeff Maynard. However, I oh. was never under consideration. This was a favor. Uh, it was called a director's <coughs> test. Yep. Keith, would you do a director's test for Les Mayfield? He's trying to get the job and get the movie made. We got Ben Stiller. Do you know somebody who could play Harold? And I went, oh, Jeff's perfect. I'll grab, because I went to Samuel High with Jeff and we'd done plays together, formed a theater company together. So the three of us workshopped and rehearsed. Imagine going to Ben Stiller's house and rehearsing Encino Man. Oh. Um, we come in and we shoot next door to a, a 976 hotline. So all these porn stars, strippers are coming in throughout the day while we're busting our butts nice. over in the little bedroom set. Oh, um and we shot 52 setups or different camera angles in a 12-hour day. Bang! And that's why it's cut quick like a Phil Juwanu picture, like 3 o'clock high. You know, cameras on rails and handheld and lots of different shots and stuff that, you know, kind of follows and up and over. It's very choreographed, but also really quickly paced. And um, they, uh, I'd heard after we did it, I was never, I never, this was not an audition. They said, this is not an offer. This isn't an audition. This is not a test for you. I don't know on Ben's end. I don't think he was ever available with the schedules. You could always hope that a schedule slips. If you know, oh, I'm already doing something in August. Oh, this new thing really wants to see you. When's the shoot? August. Fine. My grandfather said, say yes to everything because something will fall out or you could push something or you might have some leverage. So um, Ben was not available. And uh, Polly, though, and I also forget my part of where I was with Disney at this time. So I had already done um, Fox and the Hound and uh, Spooner and Gunshy, which is the Apple Dumpling Gang series, Adventures of Babysitting, in the Army now for Disney. Had already gone off and done a Paramount picture or Warner Brothers picture, a uh, TriStar picture. And, uh, and, and uh, so... The, I I 
wanted it because I thought it was interesting and fun to develop. But notice the names. His name was BC. And of course, Harold became Stoney, did. And I'm friends with Polly. Look at In the Army Now, where I basically am dressed yeah. up like Polly at the very end of it. It's a very weird industry where everybody rips off of each other. And uh, I went to I Second City. Stoner number one in that movie. Yes. And then my <laughs> other friend. Uh-oh. What just happened? Uh-oh. We lost him. Oh, no. He'll, he'll be back in a second, guys. Uh, but while we, uh, we're waiting, we might as well you know, pop one of these. Um, oh, oh he's he back. He's hey, back. he's back. You can add him. Come on back. Okay. Yep. Oh, Stoner number two you. was Matthew there Walker. There you are. Yep. And me, Jeff Maynard, and Matthew Walker all went to high school together. We were all in shows together um, and uh, founded the Troubadour Theater Company, which we can see out around town uh, to this day. Oh, nice. Nice. Oh, that's a, so, so. Yeah, no, um, no harm, no foul. I was burnt because my price was like eh, X, and I heard that they uh, offered Sean three uh, X. And I went, well, well, it makes sense. Sean's, you know, marvelously talented. His movies have made more money. I get it. There's always a different, you know. I, I was paid fine and handsomely. However, other actors were paid handsomelier. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, uh, and let's see. so so you were friends with Polly. Uh, yes. So I I also saw that you uh you do some stand up or did I did I, I've done it twice, so means I had a really great show and I've also bombed. Oh nice! Whole, so you got the whole spectrum of uh, stand up. <laughs> I was gonna say. So did you did you uh ever go? You did you know Mitzi and go to the store and? Now uh, we wrote um oh. went to all of the stores. My mom was a stand up and we also wrote four other comics we wrote uh john wayne bobbitt's sleeping on your stomach tour and we trained him as to do stand up we'd write for your letterman leno and dennis miller and funny oh, wow. letterman leno would pay 50 dollars a joke but dennis miller would pay 75 because Ooh. he wrote most of his own material and relied on less outside material so if he really liked to joke he's like all right i'll, I'll pay you for that one um so yeah, comedy, right? So it turned at one point, it it um it physically hurt and was nauseous to be in a comedy club watching eight comics fake laugh at another comic with the politics, the thing, the repeated jokes, the premises, the setup, the thing. I was completely done with the comic scene. I've only done comedy recently when somebody said, Would you do this virgin sacrifice? You must have never done stand-up. You have to write entirely, write your own act, and uh, and promote it the way that they wanted me to promote it. And um, I had uh, Brian Callum and uh, the, oh my yeah, god, a slew of amazing and... uh, Bobcat was backstage for it. Oh, and uh, they nice. all open for you, and then you go out. And so that's on YouTube if you want to see my first time doing stand up. Yes, definitely need to yeah. see this. Yeah, I I I I started I it and shit. stuff. I was taking some notes. <laughs> we're gonna we're totally gonna watch that all together <laughs> and um uh yeah I, i'm a huge stand-up fan so i had to ask about that and i know that paulie's mom was you know very pivotal in the comedy scene so it's fun you're around it's all fun. the goonies basically oh how yes. are you not in that movie <laughs> and i know uh, that was that you was should rough, be rough a goonie and, and key hugh kwan was an encino man like you're you're just circling the goonies forever uh -huh. Oh, I know. 
<laughs> I'm aware. I'm sorry. Just rub it in. Just rub it in. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and also, here's the heartbreaker when I watched Goonies, because we all know who Sean is fantastic, and he's a fantastic lead. He carries a picture. He can do anything. But Jeff Cohn, when he cries and he's confessing to the Fratellis, I treated on this thing, and oh my God, and they're going to put his fingers in the blender. I went, that is a vulnerability I am not willing as a kid because kids don't want to show the vulnerability. Teenager, you're tough. Yeah. Oh, I went, that's balls. That's great work. I thought Jeff Cohen did the, he was, he blew me away in Goonies. Still does. Oh, that, that's awesome. Um, let's see. I got, I, my thing is just full of, full of notes <laughs> so when you lean over to your mom and you go hey that's nice work and she goes that's a good scene right and also by the way i need to movies i know what the audition scene is and so it's like oh it's tough because you memorize that so the scene yeah. comes up in the movie you know you went up for 35 years ago or whatever and you're like oh yeah i remember this as the audition oh <laughs> which one was it um wow i could i can't remember on goonies couldn't oh. remember couldn't tell you you're, however you're chris columbus wrote goonies <laughs> and gremlins and young sherlock yep. holmes and then cast me in adventures of babysitting that's what i'm saying so it's, it's all, all it was connected. just all swirling around you yeah and then yeah. he directed home alone and there is a lawn jockey that gets hit in adventures of babysitting and a lawn jockey that gets hit in home alone and in home alone too so starting in Adventures of Babysitting, you'll see a running gag. And he said that was a Landis gag. Oh, so do you, this is, this is just coming personally. Cause I, do you get mistaken for someone else? Danny Bonaducci, Will Wheaton. Um, <laughs> That's the one. I, younger me would confuse both of you. And then you guys were both together in uh toy soldiers. Python. Toy Soldiers and Tales from the Crypt. Now, um, oh. he dies in Toy Soldiers. Spoiler alert. Uh, I <laughs> die in, in uh, Tales from the Crypt. Will dies in Python. So if Which we work together again, I do to die. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Will and and I, uh, or me and Will, I yeah, Will and I would play uh, Axis and Allies with. Uh, Sean Phelan, who played yogurt in Toy Soldiers, we try to get you know Sean in for a minute, but Sean's totally ADD, and I don't mean in the bet he really is ADD. Um, and oh, uh, it's hard to sit him down for nine hours while Hitler invades Europe. Um, and uh, funny, Sean Phelan always <laughs> played Hitler, and he was good at it. It was kind of scary too. He's younger than us, and I was like, oh, he wants to take over the world. We miss him. He's gone. He car wreck and coma, and we lost yogurt and. Um, it's really sad, but I really know how to bring the room down, don't I? Yeah. Uh, Toy Soldiers geez. was a movie that every single kid in town wanted to get on. Uh, and uh, they, even after auditions, rounds of auditions, we'd all go over to Copper Penny, which is kind of like a Denny's thing across from Warner Brothers Studios. Um, and uh, we just all we sat on the patio and, you know, half of them smoking to look cool. And uh, just talk about like how cool with helicopters and the guns and, uh, and hey, what are you doing? What are you up to? This, you know, one guy would be in in training camp for Hamburger Hill, and the other guy would be, you know, I, it just was a uh, it's a neat time because everyone absolutely was working. You and you knew, you go, oh, tough guy, leather jacket. They're gonna do a brunette. Gonna, yeah, yeah, he's gonna get it. 
the Ralph Macchio type. Yeah. Or, you know, you see something and I'm like, oh, bowl cut name ends in a Y sound, Timmy, Bobby, Jimmy. That's mine. I got that. <laughs> um, and uh, I, uh, I love the characters like Snuffy in Toy Soldiers or Brad or Kenny or all of them. I love the uh, uh, each character that just has a way of approaching things and a thought process. And hopefully that's what gets the laughs in those things. And for Toy Soldiers, the relationship, I had a relationship with Sean Astin. His father and my grandfather were Gomez and Uncle Fester in the original Adams family. I've known Sean since we were kids. Will, we'd known each other uh, and done benefits and things and auditioned against each other and with each other for a decade. Um, So, yeah, uh, it's really neat to work with friends. That's why Don't Tell Mom, having known Christina and two of the stoner friends of mine um, as friends. And we all wound up doing Don't Tell Mom the Babysitters to get, you know, I always wanted to work with her. I never thought I would. I thought she's too A-list. And then uh, she had, fin- you know, finished the first season of Don't Tell Mom. And in the summer hiatus, no, first season of uh, Married with Children. Yep. And then the hiatus did uh, Don't Tell Mom. Uh, you guys did that in like three season. months, I believe. We did it in, yeah, it took three months to shoot a movie back then. Three months in to a shoot summer a with no AC. In in a summer with no AC in Valencia. Oh, oh. that's disgusting. <laughs> oh, real quick uh, before I. Uh, it's I'm the same house the in the opening credits of just the ten of us, the series. Oh, all right. I'm gonna write that down. Uh, as uh, I was in the Marines, so how was Arlie Army? Early, Ermy. Oh my God! So I, I have to ask that as a he, Marine, I have to ask. Uh, oh my God! So you know he's great. It was between him or Dale or Die or was it Dale Die? They were the two military, you know, consultants for Hollywood. It was either Dale Die or Arlie Army, and um, you know I had done Adventures in Babysitting with Vincent D'Onofrio who had worked with Kubrick and all I did was pester Vincent the whole day. It was like, it was working Kubrick. What happened? How many takes did you do? And then we get to Arlie Ermey and he's the sweetest, you know, back stiff as a board. He had a, um, injury on his middle finger. Uh, the tendon kind of connected from his second knuckle to his hand. So it stuck out like a trigger finger. And when you shook your hand, you'd feel it and you go more injury. Oh my God, respect. Um, it was probably you know jeep jeep overturning or something in a training yeah. accident that broke his collarbone and it took him out of filming, um, Full Metal Jacket for months. And Cooper goes, "I'll wait." Um, That's so awesome. I never heard uh, that. Yeah, well, you know, everyone was kind of a badass, but no one was more badass than um, Louis Gossett Jr. Because you know you want to double and helicopters are dangerous. Look at the John Landis thing, and they go, "We need a shot of like." we're kind of zoomed in on Lewis, you know, in the helicopter and we come on down and it lands and he gets out. Like we want to see him in the chopper. And they're like, all right, let us know when you want him to land. What? He's already in the chopper. So he was already up. He's ready to do the shot. Um, they got a beautiful in one take of you're like Lewis Gossett Jr. Just, just wrote a chopper and kind of stepped off it real casually. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was uh, the whole cast. Andrew Devoff, who, you know, he's a polyglot, speaks nine languages. He uh, is a, one of those sweet teddy bears. Remember, every single bad guy was a theater major, Julian. Um, they yes. uh, were in character in town in Charlottesville, Virginia, a college town. 
It's a 40 minute ride from where the hotel was to where the Miller Academy, same school from Major Payne on this oh, VHS cover of Major Payne. Love that movie as well. Recognize that silhouette and go, that is the school from Toy Soldiers. Oh, no kidding. Um, not, I was just thinking about yeah. Major Payne earlier today. Why? It won't have the wall. Because <laughs> Marlon Wayne's was supposed to be the original Robin. And I saw an interview with Marlon Wayne's. He was supposed to be the original Robin in Batman Returns. And I like, read oh, we're gonna... that Sam Ham script. I read the Sam Ham Batman. Really? So, yep. so he actually did a, get a fitting a of the outfit. Oh. Marlon Wayans did it like a fitting of the Robin outfit. Really? And then they had never made up uh, the movie. And so I was, I was just watching a random interview with him today or yesterday. And I was just thinking about because he was talking about his whole family making uh. those movies. And I was like, major pain. Marine. Well, his brother Damon, I, I did get to audition for a Homie the Clown feature. That never oh, got. yes. Homie, don't play that. Yes. That's so great. <laughs> my uh, direction, my... play it like you're on Quaaludes. And I went, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, a great direction. Yeah, Toy uh, Soldiers is amazing. Directed by Dan Petrie Jr., who wrote Beverly Hills Cop, Turner and Hooch, The Big Easy. Wow. Um, his brother directed um, the uh, Walter Matthau and Jack Lemmon pictures. Uh, and uh, his oh, father were, yeah. directed like Dick Van Dyke shows. Petrie is what Dick Van Dyke's last name is on the Dick Van Dyke show. So um, hmm. they're a whole you know, industry family too. And um, the only reason I got cast is me and the director uh, had read all the Tom Clancy books at that time. It was like Hunt for October and uh, Red Storm Rising. And we're talking about Klishnikovs and, you know, uh, helicopters, play the games. Blackhawks and Apaches. And uh, <laughs> I had an Apple too. So it was like, there was a submarine game <laughs> kind of sort of that was okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So that, uh, so adventures in babysitting was that that was the first was that what was the first yeah. movie movie that on yeah, that camera was, feature adventures on camera not animated i was cut out what was the cat from outer space oh oh i did see that on, on the credits um what was the most impressive set when you walked in you're like holy shit look at this huh, let me think adventures in babysitting they had the chop shop was a set and yeah. uh, behind that, they were building the um, parents' office building floors. And it was the same floor that was under construction as the party. They just redressed that set. Uh, that was pretty impressive. Um, impressive sets. Oh, the Waltons. The Waltons, that entire family home on yeah. stage 26 at Warner Brothers. Uh, the ground floor next to it was the upstairs bedrooms across from that. Behind you was the uh, I can interior of Iconcore, uh Godfrey's store, and then next to that, behind the so if you're facing the living room, behind you is the Baldwin sisters' mansion. You could stand on that one stage and shoot forty to you know fifty percent of a Walton's episode, and you go run around the back lots and get the rest. And they also had a stage twenty four, I think, um, with the dewdrop in and swing sets. Um, but next to us, they shot the Long Riders. Uh, and it, you know the western with the Carradine brothers, the, um, the Keach brothers, the like every brother that in westerns, and it's like at nine of these. Uh, but they also shot the the day the, the night the bridge fell down. It was a movie of the week, and so I peeked into the soundstage, and they had an entire bridge, and 
part of it went up and has broken off because it had the bridge had fell and there's a center island with cars and trucks stuck on it and then it was also broken off and then the other end of it was painted lines and guardrails and it was the probably the most elaborate set i had ever seen that one i didn't work on it but oh and super train super train i did 1979 it was a, a nuclear train that go from la to new york uh, la to chicago in 32 hours that's not that fast but it was two stories and a swimming <laughs> pool and a disco and a, a hair salon and a bowling alley and elevators and uh it uh, dick van dyke was in it um worked with dick van dyke three times and then the third time diagnosis murder i brought it up hey dick we did this like after school special this animated thing we did the, you know the other super train and this he goes i, I don't remember those <laughs> he didn't remember even working on the project <laughs> oh my god wow um, a million things yeah so super train had a full grand central station and on uh, the mgm lot and it had um full-size train and all the little vendors and stalls and ticket booths and a uh, big faint fake painted wily coyote tunnel that looked like it went off and curved but you got up close and you could see it's just a painted backdrop coolest stage that yeah. is cool steve uh so I, I, it looks like you're drinking a beer <laughs> Uh, are you a? Do you like craft beers at all? Oh, Heineken. Sure. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so part of our part of our episodes is we we generally do a a beer review for, and this month we're actually doing cheap beers. Uh, behind us we have like Rolling Rock, Roll, Rolling Rock, uh, Keystone Light, Coors Banquet, uh, yeah, uh, Natural Natty Light. Colin, what's the Natty one that Light. you're picking up? Genesee cream squeak ale. in the foam. I got some Heinies. Nice. Heineken, we got to oh. do that one too. Oh, we should. We got to pick up Heineken. Um, but so for you, we, we decided to get special and we're, we're doing this um, equilibrium. Equal, equilibrium out of New York. Uh, it's M a double IPA. It's called MC right. Squared. Um, we, their slogan is beer brewed by science. Yeah. Or beer balanced by science. And it is 8%. What, what I was now, thinking is a good you're going to be here. Oh, sorry. Uh, should uh, smell like stinky cheese. You want to <laughs> hit that? You kind of want to go. Oh, whoa! I think the yeast is still active. Um, yeah, when oh, eight percent—that's a shot. That's not. I mean, yeah, you can hit I, sixes and sevens, and that's decent. But eight, you're really flirting with disaster there. I only drink a little I, bit of this. I'm a whiskey guy, but I join in whenever. We is it lemony? Beers. Is it is it wheaty? What are you let's, What are you hitting? Let's see. Orangey. More Nutty. bitter. It's a little more yeah. bitter than most. Oh, orange. Yeah, there's it's orange super peel. orange. Yeah, slight orange. It's kind of like the orange rind bitterness. Yeah. Is what it tastes like. It if, tastes like orange rind. If you're interested, I will uh uh I'll bring one to you next week at the, the cinemas. Yeah, yeah bring you some beer. Hell Heck yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll bring you one of these. Oh uh, yeah. Please, oh. that's perfect. That'd be great. Yeah, is I Keith Coogan drinking on at Angwam Center? I think he is. I'm not sure. You're gonna you're gonna need some you're gonna need some beers. You're in Agawam. Oh, but <laughs> wow, is that the billboard outside the of town? You're gonna need some beers. You're in Agawam. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, where where's the Paps? We we do have to get past. So I was trying to find PBR Light. They do have a light one, but it is like Why? impossible to find out to find out here. That's, Why? <laughs> that's redundant. PBR Light. Yeah, that's yeah. redundant. You good. <laughs> Yeah, I wasn't expecting him to ask why. Why? <laughs> why? That's always a good question. 
yeah. fucking hate PBR. Getting PBR. Why? <laughs> yeah. Um, no, we got it to rate it. It's cheap beer month. I, I don't want actually. I don't. I'm not even a beer guy. I just liquor. Oh, yeah. These guys love it. So one of the questions we ask any guest we have is, and I mean, we, we, I followed your career for the most part. Sorry, wife. Yes. Oh, continue. <laughs> no, thank you. Um, thank you for following well, the career. For no, the most part. Um, Same well, no, I don't, I don't mean it that way. I mean, I, I followed. Not uh, creepily. Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not stalkers, just borderline. I, that, I, that's the way of trying to say. It. But we ask all the guests, "What, what's your origin story? Like, how did you get started?" And I, I know you've probably been in, asked this in but... show business. My mother was a sixteen-year-old Catholic schoolgirl runaway, turned into a hippie. Had nothing to do with her Catholic grandfather or father, Jackie Coogan. So I was born without the name. I was born, actually born baby boy Mitchell. Uh, and uh, so had nothing to do with the family, grew, uh, hit four, and we're in Sacramento living on welfare and I'm watching Sesame Street. And I say the famous words, I want to be on TV. <laughs> and my mom is like, really? Like, the fuck <laughs> you do? Like, it's, <laughs> it's got to be your blood. DNA or something. She knows all about yep. the business and her dad and what it's all about and everything. She goes, well... She goes, the money's good. Uh, she goes, well, um, <laughs> you know, you have to get an agent and you're going to have to probably do, you know, commercials first and then, you know, guest appearances and movies of the week and then maybe small bits of features. Then eventually, anyway, that sounds like a lot of work. And uh, she goes, yeah, especially commercials. You have to sing the jingles, you know, I, my baloney has a first name. I'm like, nah, I am not interested. <laughs> and she said uh, several months later, a couple of her friends were over and I became very, um, um, gesticulative uh jumped up on a table and my baloney has a first name it's OS. i was just biting yeah. my tongue uh did it like the most uncomfortable thing i've probably ever done and i said okay i'm ready whatever it takes you know i want to be on tv <laughs> so she had tried story? at 10 my mom could not take direction or listen to anybody so at 10 she actually got an agent don schwartz and got a uh, hershey's commercial Hershey's chocolate syrup and she's in the commercial they're shooting and she drinks it and she goes I like Bosco better fired and never worked again but she oh. took me to her childhood agent whom let's see she's now 21 so who just 11 years earlier she had been at so I go in at five I read the script and the thing and he goes here's a Texaco commercial with like an, a page of dialogue and I could read we didn't have money, but my mom had cat and the hat books and I read all the, all that stuff. So they go, do you need a minute? And I go, nope, got it. And I'm like, you know, in Texaco, we value families. And, you know, and so they just, uh, he goes, great. I can't wait to get him out and tell everyone I got Jackie Coogan's grandson. And my mom goes, no, 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 no. He's going to go by Keith Mitchell. You can't tell them that. And he goes, why would you hamstring me? Why would you let me not tell people this is the kid's kid's kid? And she goes, well, nothing worse for an actor than not knowing why they got a part. Um, so anonymously for 10 years, I worked as Keith Mitchell in all the commercials, all the TV, starting with McDonald's commercials, uh, to ending with Don McDonald's commercials, did everything cool whip and Kool-Aid and cereals and, uh, toys. Then started doing TV as my mother said, well, she knows what Hollywood's all about. So I started doing chips and love boat, fantasy Island, eight is enough, Mork and Mindy, Laverne and Shirley, the Waltons, little house, after school yep. specials, 
scholastic specials. I was in this thing. I don't know if you've ever, I don't know the age group here. It's Ray Bradbury's all summer in a day on a planet where it's raining. And I locked this girl in a closet and it's just, anyway, they played this thing in schools and people are like, you tortured me as a, as a kid. Um, and you're, you're building this and building, trying, taking stabs at those rings. So ever since I, you know, I was young enough to go up for the shining, probably seven or eight, I am going up for big things, Friday the 13th, part four and the stone boy. I just oh. different, like a, it was a Robert Duvall picture. And, um, uh, so then, uh, and Fox and the Hound came and went cause we started in 78 doing the voices and it came out in 81. Um, uh, the delayed release because Don Bluth left Disney and took half the animators, and it was supposed to come out in '80, but then it was released in '81. Anyway, is that when uh, um, the that yeah. one movie, oh, what is it, The Black Cauldron? Is that what screwed that up? As yeah. well as that Secret of Nam, Black Cauldron. Yeah, they all got kind of fucked up. Yeah, um, they were about to do Secret of Nam, and Disney said it's way too dark; you can't do it, and. Uh, Don Booth formed his own company and then did Secret and Nim. <laughs> and Disney did Black Cauldron and it did not go over well with fans. So yeah. that was tough. So, but it was the they consider Fox and the Hound the pullout yeah. of the oh. nosedive. Uh so out of curiosity, you said you tried out for uh, uh Friday the thirteenth part four. Were, were you trying out the role of Tommy Jarvis? Absolutely. Oh, there okay. it is. And, He's and, a huge I you can't really see on his it, arm. I have a, a full There's... full Jason mask on my arm. And I've worked with Amanda Rigetti from the newer Friday the thirteenth. So Oh wow. Oh that's awesome. um yeah. Uh I <laughs> am a cool. huge um um That's uh, another Well Halloween uh, was it. Halloween and then uh Friday the thirteenth and then Freddie came along with a little bit more of a budget and uh, a lot of creativity. And then Slasher or Shocker and, uh, um, you know, they other people tried. Oh, then we had themed. We had Valentine's Day or My Bloody Valentine. My Bloody Valentine. Happy Birthday to Me. Such great films to in the 80s between Cunningham and Craven and, uh, and Carpenter. It was a phenomenal time. The Thing and, you know, Sex Chainsaw Massacre, Toby Hooper. I got to work with the director of photography of Texas Chainsaw Massacre on Hiding Out. Daniel Pearl oh. shot Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And uh, I was all over him. What was it like? It's like we used a wheelchair. Like, really? We used that wheelchair? It was perfect for dolly shots. I got it. <laughs> so that, that that sounds like it's three, three roles that you lost out from Feldman? <laughs> oh, man. Feldman's just scooping up here. Oh, Sure. <laughs> I mean, that's probably not all it. I mean, you know, <laughs> it, it's just like the fact that you said like Feldman. Yeah, <laughs> that I would do a short video in the very end of it, being like, "Why do I always lose out to this guy? He's he's singing music now. What the fuck?" <laughs> I, yeah, people are gonna ask me, "You like Corey Feldman?" I'm gonna be like, "I'm more of a Keith Coogan guy." <laughs> oh fuck yeah! Wow. Um. I, I that's have a, what I'm going to say now. One of our former I think that's a pretty show. good 80s flashback buddy movie. Feldman, Wheaton, Coogan, and Aston. Yeah. Sounds good to me. That, that'd be yeah. really fucking cool. Holy shit. Let's, let's get on that. Oh, no. We lost him again. He'll be back.
He'll be bad. They're all they always come. I'm so shiny. Very shiny. He's back. Hey. Anything. Sorry, I was gonna yeah. say because we'd we'd work it all four of us top of our game, and we'd be pushing buttons at, you know, for real buttons, you know, in character. I, it would be great. I <laughs> will buy the ticket now to see that. That mm-hmm. would be fucking amazing. What do you? The like uh, jerk I, guy would be like Anthony Rapp or you know Brad, uh, Bradley <laughs> Whitford. Um, it would be awesome. <laughs> we had a uh, one of the comments on the the live stream. Somebody said, uh, "What was it like? Uh, how was it working with Anthony Rapp?" Love Anthony so hard. Um, it was four or five months after the Kevin Spacey incident. And oh wow! Did, did was oh, was that ever mentioned? Fifteen? Then? Like no, no, he's fifteen, and most fifteen-year-olds aren't going to tell other kids um, that. You know that you know not in not at that time not in the mid eighties ish. Anthony is really brilliant. It was uh, never came out because he was never in. Um, and I went, what? <laughs> you can't. And then I saw a Mark Wahlberg Rolling Stone cover where he's like talks about smoking weed, and I go, you can't do that. You're gonna ruin. I always wanted to work for Disney, and my family's like, just do whatever you want. Just don't ever get caught. Um, <laughs> and they were carnies, so. That really surprised me that I was like, okay, and there he is in, um, you know, Out Magazine or Interview Magazine and talking about it. I was like, wow, and then he's he's working. He's doing Road Trip and Far From Home and working with Drew and Andras, Andras Jones, um, all friends. There was a poker game with Andras Jones, Andy Dick, me, Anthony Rapp. Imagine that. Um, Andy Dick. That's, that's, yeah. that's hit or that can be tough. Hollywood royalty. Holy shit. Andy that Dick guy, that, I, I think Hatter. anxiety being around him it's just like he's either going to be the really funny or like somebody's got to hit him well at any time you don't know when he's going to go and just like yes yeah. he's um that's the fun of him he's a, a live grenade you just throw him in the middle of the room and they're sure yeah. work out he's as fun as a live grenade. that's crazy <laughs> um so you're uh you're gonna be here next week. You're gonna be in Agawam. Tell us a little about a little bit about the uh your your appearance coming up. Yvette, come out to the theater. There are some other theaters, and they are part of these big, huge conglomerate chains, and oh my god. And they get the resources to kind of like book movies and like they, they have like um more advertising budget and may, maybe more parking. Anyway, so what we want you to do is come out to Agawam Cinemas uh next weekend. Uh, it is on the 25th, and we are going to do uh, um, autographs and uh, selfies and play a movie. I'll do Q&A. It'll be a blast. Oh, well, when are you playing? What movie? I think they did a poll, and it's pr- probably got Babysitter or Babysitting in the title. I was going to say, it has something know. to do with babysitting, I'm sure. <laughs> Whatever was easier to license. <laughs> ah. Did gotcha. it, uh, Coincidentally, did it, did it won the poll. You? How's it, that? Mm-hmm. Is that a, did that ever strike you as weird? you're in two like these crazy awesome big movies? No, it's part and of like, my yeah, stand-up act. It's part of my act. When I'm feeling really uh, dickish, the... someone goes, "Oh, I really loved you in that babysitter movie." I'll go, "Oh yeah, which one?" Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it's it's well, I always no context because <laughs> people will say babysitter or babysitting. <laughs> then mm. I know which movie they're talking about. <laughs> um I know it was tell... don't tell me the babysitter's dead was not called that when I booked it. It was called The Real World. 
And it was about the secret of my success working girl story of Christina at the office. It was about 70, 30 office family. As we moved into production and we started filming studio notes, were make a 50, 50 family office. And then we got notes that MTV called and they're doing a reality show called the real world. And we said, what's a reality show? Um, we changed, they pulled 12 year old boys and the new name of the movie was don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. I found it at a craft service in full Kenny outfit, leather and the wig and 104 degrees outside. And I said, you're kidding me. Really? Babysitter movies. That's fine. I thought it was such a different character. It was, and it was so different. I was reading for something, uh, after that. And the casting editor looked at my goes, I remember your adventures of babysitting. You weren't in Don't Tell Mom Babysitter's Dead. What were you? And I said, I was Kenny, the stoner brother. Eyes go wide. I don't think I booked that either. But um, <laughs> it, it was, I loved playing Kenny. I, I just loved it. I loved it, loved it, loved it, and had so much fun with it. And it was around a lot of people that trusted. And Stephen Herrick and Bobby Newmeyer, Brian Riley and Bobby Newmeyer, the producers, they had done Sex Lies and Videotape. So they're willing to take risks. Just they were taking risks with like $10 million of Warner Brothers money. Um, and uh, <laughs> Joanna Cassidy. Oh, my God. Uh, it was a fantastic cat. Oh, uh, who's the guy with the X-Files and the David Duchovny? One of, yeah, I think it's his first yeah. on-screen role. Um, so, yeah, don't tell mom. That'll be on my headstone. Here lies Keith Coogan. Dishes are done, man. Dishes are done. <laughs> yes. um, I, I do want to. I'm so it glad there. you said it. I didn't want to ask you to say it. I, I spoke it. with the uh, the the guy the the company putting on the um uh event. the event. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to remember the name of it. I'm so sorry. Uh, so Agawam Cinema Keith Coogan dot Ticket Leap dot com for tickets. Oh, you can use go. the nerd code. Um, just use the code nerd and uh, you could buy three, you get one free. So like four people come and nerd out. That's Agawam cinema, Keith Coogan dot ticket dot com slash pound sign question mark four, seven, seven, three, eight, nine, nine, <laughs> two dot. Oh, Oh, home backslash. Uh, no, Agawam cinema, <laughs> Keith Coogan dot ticket dot com and uh, use code nerd and you can buy three, get one free. Oh, that is awesome. Hot, hot Mike Events is the name of the, the company. You put copy put in, in front of me and I'm going to read it. <laughs> that, <laughs> a professional. I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad you saw it there. <laughs> uh, but I, yeah, I spoke with... Um, uh, oh my God. Someone. I, the, I'm, give me one second. I'm so sorry. He spoke with somebody about something. And it went well. Or it didn't. No, it went very well. It went very well. I just, I'm bad with names. Say, I don't remember. Say Dave or John or William, and you're going to be like 60% right. Yep. And then there's Mike and Ch Chad. Mike. I oh, well, Chad. 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 Right there. Uh, Mike and Mike's Mike's house. Big. Oh, right Chad. there. Hey. Absolutely. Uh, Chad at, at Hot Mike. Uh, Hot Mike Hot, Events. Hot Mike Events. And he, we set up a Chad a code Erickson for... in the house. Yep. Absolutely. Hey. Super nice guy. He was amazing. And and I I plan on uh do we have any more questions on, there. on there for him? oh there's another one um I mean he's excited and I love that he was seemed like a genuine fan when he put up some deep cuts <laughs> on the uh you know the poll uh, a hiding out or something like that or under the boardwalk I was like okay we're this is seriously looking at the whole ouvre oh so we have a, another question from the watchers here 
so what was uh, uh so that was so a that wig. was a wig that Kenny wore. You rocked yes. it. I always thought that was your real hair because it was fit because uh, it fit the early nineties. I did. Yeah, also it was wigs by Ziggy. Your your oh. grandfather went to Shout it out too, right? Ziggy wigs. Yeah, I was getting the wig done and I life cast, and he had to go in a couple times, and they're fitting the wig, and I look up on the wall. And he was about to retire. He's an ancient, you know, classic wig maker <laughs> for Hollywood. And I look on the wall and I see a picture of my grandfather. I, why do you have a picture of Jackie Coogan on your wall? And he goes, oh, in the 60s, his PR people said he needed to toupee for personal appearances. So he made him some pieces. <laughs> so the same guy that made toupees for my grandfather also made Kenny's wig. And Warner Brothers archived it. So it is... They pulled it out when the movie released, and I went on AM Los Angeles, and Steve Edwards yanked it off my head. It was great. I wouldn't break character. I was doing a waffle recipe live the day the movie was coming out. And they're like, okay, Keith, take off the wig. I'm like, dude, what wig? I don't know. And he's like, screw it. He pulled off the wig and put it on his head. I don't know where that clip is either, but the wig is somewhere in Warner Brothers' archive. Oh, that is cool. It cost 3000 and they made two of them. So Holy they spent six shit. grand on the wigs. Did you have to buy that yourself to like bring it no. to? No, I bought a fifteen dollar oh, okay. wig God. from Burbank Hair and Makeup. Oh. oh, you got me something that I actually do drink. Yeah, you guys can have uh, this. Is actually really good, by the way. We didn't we didn't rate it, but this is an IPA. And if anyone follows us, they know I don't give two shits about IPAs. But this is actually really good, and I could drink this. But it's I'm a little, not going to. It's a little carb heavy. <laughs> Ooh. So I'm switching to my sissy beer. drinks here. My my canteen cucumber mint mm. vodka soda so zero carbs all the alcohol ooh. all yeah. of the as carbs a, as a child right. actor in commercials it was ingrained in you to hold the label the right way when you took the sip yeah it's like not it's kind of this day i still do that i still put the label to camera that's pretty awesome the label like that I know the label's not like lined up to where I can do that. <laughs> I do well. that. So yeah, they will hunt go. through cases of that that the uh, client gives them. The client gives them cases of the product, and they will hunt through and they will find the can where the label does sync up with it and Perfect use that angle. as the hero piece. How much storage uh, yep. does this stream yard need? My goodness. Okay. I I don't know if you see to the to the right of me. There's a a, a hero pack from Ghostbusters. Yeah, what? Dan Aykroyd uh, is is super great to fans. We went to Costco, and he was promoting Crystal Skull Vodka. And a line all the way down Costco. And when he opened his table, he goes, "Anyone that's standing in line in a full outfit and pack, come on up, jump the line." He goes, "I know how heavy oh. that pack is." <laughs> oh, that is cool. What What's actually kind of funny about that one is uh, Hasbro uh, end of twenty twenty. One, they did like they have a uh, uh, Kickstarter Kickstarter type thing called HasLab. Because if you buy or make a pack, it's twelve hundred dollars easily. Oh my god! This yeah. through Hasbro was four hundred, and the 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 packs that you build are like oh, well 30, 40 pounds. This one's only fifteen. Oh, that's awesome! Nice. Yeah. Nice. That thing is, and, and it's more impressive in person. It's, yeah, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful piece. Um, it's my favorite. So, how's doing Comic Cons? I love going to Comic Cons. I mean, so we're great. all nerds here, so they're um, great. They're the they're the they're the tour. Uh, yeah, Napster killed the music industry, so artists can't make money <laughs> selling CDs, so they go on tour, underground at night. 
So actors can't make any money with residuals and streamers. So we go to autograph conventions and uh, try to sell autographs and dishes. I sign dishes. Dishes. I, are dying, I saw man. that. You can. That's going to be part of the. Uh, you going to have any dishes with you in Agua? Well, that's exactly what. If you pay for the VIP yep. package. You get to skip the line. You get to pick your own seats. There's not going to be any line. You there's, there's not going to be, be a, a line. I, I think that's I think you uh, you underestimate how how beloved you are. Oh. I know I know a lot of people that like when I told them you were coming on, they were like, "Holy shit!" There was a couple of them that was like blush emoji, blush emoji. Okay. <laughs> I, I had a couple of them be like, "Oh, the the guy from." Uh, uh, adventures in babysitting and uh, don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. Corey Feldman. I was like, no, <laughs> no. I said fuck Corey Feldman. Not in this house. <laughs> no, I'm being completely serious, <laughs> which is the worst part. Oh my god, really? Yeah. Holy shit. I was like, are you, are, oh, I are wasn't done with me and Corey working together. We, we did the actual specials. We did um, all the events and stuff together. Then we did the Oscars. <laughs> we performed live on the Oscars together with Christian Slater, Ricky Lake, Patrick Dempsey, Julie and Trisha Fisher. Uh, Carrie Hamilton, Carol Burnett's late daughter, um, all of us in a huge musical number. Now, nobody remembers. Oh, Uh-oh. no. Keith is doing event pop culture cards, comics, collectibles, and gaming in Raymond, New Hampshire. Uh, the other one of the other events that's coming from Hot Mics is also a um, uh, Stephen Michael Quesada from Breaking Bad. He's going to be at, at Agawam Family uh, Agawam Cinemas. On April fifteenth, uh, from seven to nine, do he's doing two stand up specials. He's his his stand up is hilarious. Which one's he in? You'll remember. Oh yes, okay. Yeah, he. Do you remember his character in Breaking Bad? No, I never watched it. He was on. I believe he's on <laughs> two ghost. Really? No, I never watched Breaking. I watched like one season. I hope you. Sunday. I said Saturday. I'm sorry. It's Sunday. <laughs> Where's Keith? I want to ask him about uh the one in Raymond, New Hampshire Sunday. Saturday is the uh, oh Sunday. He's in and out twice now. Keep oh. connecting. Yeah. Oh. We're we're waiting for him out here. While while we're waiting for him, what do you what do you think of the beer? I, I I'm not a huge fan of it, but I do like it. Uh, I actually really like that one. It's not the best. I've had way better beer from them. Oh, absolutely. That's probably why I like Equilibrium it. It's, is my favorite brewery that you can find in the store. Besides Little Willow. Okay. Mm. Which I was going to get Little Willow, but it was from summer. <coughs> so I didn't know if it would still be good. There Whoa, we go. There we are. Sorry, guys. Back so the, the reason no one remembers the Young Hollywood number um, is because it was the same year as the Snow White Rob Lowe musical number. Remember that? Oh. Wow. <laughs> so we, um, you know, celebrate birthdays together and, uh, I would hang out with the two Corys um, uh, later uh, on occasion. I wasn't quite as cool as them, but once I kind of got in that circle, I felt very cool because I'm a big nerd. Um, and then uh, we also did uh, Tale of Two Corys together. He, he co-produced the, the show. He uh, There was two books that they bought rights for, and one of them was choreography, and you have to read choreography. This is Corey's biography. And um, you know how you like think stars like sugarcoat stuff? Or like, don't yeah. really tell you what happened. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you have to read <laughs> choreography. It'll blow your mind. It'll blow your mind. Um, and that's his recommendation. Uh, yep, huge. You please. We, we do please. recommendations for if you're reading at all or interested or in movie the eighties. I really like to be there, and you know, please, please read choreography. It'll blow your minds. So then, 
the I thought for a lifetime show it looked great. It was salacious. It was everything you want out of a lifetime movie. And we did the rape of two Corys to the documentary. I, my part of that is just interviewed. I'm focused on protections on set, have the parent around, the social worker, you know, parent has the right to be within sight and sound of their child. Um, and then I found that I did a play and I asked Corey to come and he came. Then he did a show oh. and I went to his show. Then we did an event together and then I did another thing and he came. And, and I invite people and they're like, is it west of Robertson? They're like, no, I'm not going. So uh, that's a street in LA that kind of divides West LA and LA. <clears throat> um, so I found out that of all the people in LA, Corey Feldman is the most loyal friend. Um, I, and because uh, it is really hard to get people to come to your stuff. Nobody wants to leave their house. So <clears throat> we do pokers, uh, weekly poker game with other foreign child stars. So you've got Jameson Newlander, the other frog brother in the Lost Boys. Oh, cool. Uh, Yep, we're joined by you guys still uh, Bentley, get together? Bentley Mitchum um, and uh, uh, Michael Rosenbaum. Uh, others join oh. in from time to time. It's great. He's got this is an ongoing pocket. game. He's had this game since the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. That's awesome that you still get together are you, after all this time. Besides like Corey Feldman and whatnot, are, are there any people like that you've done movies with that you're still like good friends with today when we do conventions it'll be fun to hang out with billy zabka i did um the power I within did, the, I the that, karate yeah. movie and we did the python together i love billy um hang out with the um uh, leanne curtis or uh, uh she was randy and 16 candles um th th there's just people oh jason lively go to our youtube channel by the way i also want to promote keith and pinky's hollywood tales and there are the Oh no. no! We're gonna we're gonna write that down. Keith and Pinky's Hollywood Tales. Pinky's Keith and uh, Pinky's Hollywood Tales. Hollywood. And we do two question interviews with stars. We've got to see what those two questions are, and just stuff behind the scenes, conventions, our lives. Um, and uh, Pinky's a big fan girl, not of mine. But uh, she has photos with. <laughs> I, I, I think I've, I've seen some pictures. It's it's pretty fun. <laughs> it's good stuff. Do you get to? Um, I mean, so during these conventions and stuff, there's there's people there from everything. So there's everything. Like Ghostbuster, yeah. Um, what do you really like Babylon seeing? Five I mean, to War of the Worlds and 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 Naruto. Uh, there are yes. um, anime voices and Disney. Ah! Ah! Dead air. Feldman. Bum, bum, this is bum, all bum, Corey bum. Feldman's fault. <laughs> um, while we're waiting, I do want to say this. I'll wait till he gets back. But uh, we're we're gonna give away some beer shortly. I, yeah. I say, uh, in a shortly. Um, there's only uh, you we still got like a week or two of no the last month's beer. Oh, we haven't done that yet? No, we were going to do it on the... Uh, I figured from now on, we're going to do it on the live stream. Oh, here he is. I think my stream yard is just nuking my phone. So I think it's just getting really hot. Or I don't know. My internet's been wonky all day. Spectrum's been out in the alley. So it's been Spectrum going on stocks. and off with 5G and stuff. And, and also, I've always had issues with stream yard. But I love you guys. <laughs> oh, I love you too. Thank you. Um, 
Yeah, so the conventions, it's it's just they they have all this stuff. Where do you uh where do you go like to nerd I could out? be oh my goodness. So I there's like a celebrity row, but yeah. I like sometimes the table's up high and you can't or there's a weird line thingy and um lately we've been going with a superhero in training uh pop vinyl booth where they host uh it could be me and uh uh, uh mukes from uh, uh horror films it could be a uh, voice artist or mark price skippy from fam family ties um keith coogan and so we'll be in the merch oh t-shirt lunchbox keith coogan oh pop what um and uh so <laughs> You know, I'll announce it. it's always arranged with the convention. So even if I'm not on the guest list at the convention, I may be at the convention. Um, so it's it shows you that, you know, even without flights or hotel or a guarantee, I we love going to the cons and meeting the fans. And uh, it's a good time. All the cosplay and competitions and video games and toys and art that we wind up buying. Uh, it's good oh, yes. Have you? Uh, <laughs> I took my girlfriend I'm looking to around my place. She loves it. How's that? I took my girlfriend to her first convention and she's hooked now. She wants to go to all of them, dress up. All Have the, you cosplayed? A lot of the stuff behind <clears throat> a lot of the stuff behind me that's not either a comic book or, or a movie poster. It's all uh it's all convention art. Some of some of the artists that mm -hmm. do do the convention are phenomenal artists. Uh I don't know if you see the uh Wu Tang one behind me. Artist named Why uh uh don't look at me. I didn't. I don't know. I'm trying to remember his name. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, highly recommend. Yeah. Ryan G. Brown. I know nice. it's RGB. Roy G. Biv. No. <laughs> no. Uh, anyways, it, it's there, there's some of the best pieces I've ever seen. There's one that like I have to take down because the guy got canceled. <laughs> Oh, boy. oh, which one? Justin oh, Royal. Justin Royal, Rick and Morty. Oh, yep. so, yeah, where's my Rick and Morty shirt? The one I have has wanted in red letters, and then Rick and Morty, and then um, for, you know, crimes against interdimensional travel, whatever. So I, yeah. I can kind of wear it peeking out just so you see the wanted part. But um, <laughs> Will Wheaton goes into a great uh, essay on separating um, artists from the artist, the art, art, artists from the art. Really? I grew up on on George Carlin and Bill Cosby records. One of them I can yep. listen to now. Um, but it, yeah. th those jokes, <laughs> Roman Polanski continued making movies. Weinstein yeah. produced movies for a decade and everyone knew what was going on. The industry's yeah. changing. It hasn't changed completely. It's mm -hmm. there's still remnants clinging to kind of an old world system, an old boys club, if you will. And it, look, as an older straight white male, I get it. Um, so it is, uh, it's it, it's very very interesting. Now you can't win an Oscar unless you have the diverse cast or the production team or, or you know, um, have some um, uh, interns, directors, assistants. There's got to be some sort of uh, attempt to be inclusive because the inclusivity of it. Yeah, in the yeah. you know, I did a lot of movies in the '80s, and they tended to be about a bunch of white kids in the suburbs. And our you know main tension in Adventures of Babysitting is going into this scary city. Uh, anyway, um, we yeah, we could do better. Monsters Squad. We, we watched Monsters. We were watching. <laughs> oh my god, what were we watching? Um, Footloose. And we were like oh, the original Footloose, and we heard some things that we didn't necessarily want to hear. Oh, um, wow. 
Oh yeah. Uh, really? Oh wow. There's a lot of stuff that uh slipped by in the eighties is okay and it's not okay now. No, not at all. Yeah. However, I still um, I still think Thor's a homo. <laughs> see see and the only per- people that come up and ask for that quote are in the lgbt community and they love the line and they get it and they get that brad was being a dick and so he wouldn't have been hilarious. as a di- big a dick if he said thor's a hobo or thor's a weirdo he was trying to do a particular dig that in context and at that time would have been something a brother would have done to their sister so I've never, Disney sent me a cassette tape and said, could you just record the word hobo on here? And I said, uh. nope. So on the TV coverage for years, it was, you know, take it back, Brad. No, Thor's a complete hobo. It would just be a total different voice. <laughs> and then Disney oh Plus God. came out with it and they, they did PG-13. They completely scrubbed everything. Every shit, fuck, bitch. Listen to the bitch, Brad. Um, don't fuck with the baby. All of it is is scrubbed. And um, they even took out, he kicked my ass. Want to see the footprint? So what it does, yeah. it broadens it so you can sit. I wouldn't recommend an eight-year-old watch Adventure Babysitting. Hell no. I'd actually I recommend would. an eight-year-old watch Don't Tell Mom first because all the adult humor goes right over your head as a kid. It doesn't really use yes. like any bad words. I drop the pot plant and I go, fuck. But I don't really hit the K. And I it's, do, you yeah. go, oh. Speaking they of let that, it slide on that because I was like the fudge. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Speaking <laughs> of that, um, we like – I haven't I, I haven't watched Don't Tell Mom in years. I I watched it literally five hundred times in growing up. I watched it for the first time yesterday or the day before, and that movie still holds up. It's so good. It's timeless. It's such a good movie. Like even obviously the movie dates itself because you know it's the technology is way better, but like if it if it was to say if it came out today i still would think it's pretty similar well, to how it would have been or you could still do it, it, it if it came out today it would just be during this time period you know like and a black family yeah. so warner brothers is rebooting yeah, be... with a black cast tyra banks is going to be the rose Lindsay character and i said yep. you know if you got the young girl and she's going to go out and look for a job or something you got to have her walk into one place and open it and there's rose Lindsay and swell and kenneth delivering you know food and and she's going to be they're all yelling at each adventures other and, and babysitting and she goes nope and closes the door and walks on and one day cameo for all of the original cast members within the new don't tell mom the babysitter's universe so the writer sat down with neil landau and tara eisen they did blessings gave notes um so it's going to be in the heart the true heart the subversive heart of the original and that's that's the only thing if it is subversive um because don't tell mom was and the filmmakers were they just hid it in the family picture you know like wow. a macgyver <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's crazy yeah um oh. the, the, one of the things we were we were just talking about like inclusivity and whatnot like we 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 were saying uh that we i told it's totally okay to like change the the race of somebody as long as you're not whitewashing like a character like what they did with uh what's it called yeah there's been enough white guys I yeah guess. I, i'm totally so. okay with them redoing a john movie. wayne as genghis khan yeah, yep, that one. You know, yeah, I think it was a problem then. Uh, <laughs> my but, grandfather yeah. put brown face on when he was Uncle Suleiman on "I Dream of Genie" for a two-part episode where he gave away Genie. He was Genie's uncle in brown face. Oh Plays a lot of uncles, um, huh? 
Yeah, he played a lot of uncle. He's, he's, he's an uncle guy. <laughs> that's a, that's awesome. But I, I yeah, I, it's just like them taking the ancient one from uh, Doctor Strange and making oh, it into that was the worst. What's her name? Uh, alien lady. Alien lady. She looks like an alien. Uh, or, well, there's a push and a pull for those kinds of things, and that was more of a push rather than a pull. Yeah. So, um, and that changed. Because Hollywood said, oh, um, there's a certain place that's dictating how what we should do and say and what patches we can put on jackets and what enemies can be in war movies. Um, okay. And you promise access to your market for films and the money and great. And a few years later, um, there were no checks. And Hollywood has one color they care about, and that's green. And so the patch went on the jacket. The bad guys came back to what they were before. Uh, the... Um, the connection between an influence of a certain small window in Hollywood um, has been severed mightily. Um, so, but also uh, pictures are in, they've got the writer strike coming up. We've got um, bank loans on freeze. So you can't go to B of A to the film division and say, Hey, I have a Russell Crowe opener, August uh, $65 million budget. Um, and um, that film finance studios don't use their own money to make a movie. They use your money. They go to a bank and they get a loan. Yeah. So th those loans are that. on pause for a minute. Can we have $150 million for a Nancy Meyer? No, you can't. Hmm. Isn't that funny that the Nancy Meyer project got canceled at Netflix? $150 yeah. million dollar budget, Fassbender, Penelope Cruz, Scarlett Johansson, Owen Wilson. Nope. It was blocked like a, a 76er defender. Um, <laughs> it's a tough... Uh, tough town and there's enough and the studios do work with each other by the way because they've had to circle the wagons for a long time the law the ftc this breaking up the studios from theaters um the uh working with the economy and working with the pandemic and you know let's clear out all theaters great what do we what's our business we make movies to go in theaters shit <laughs> um so that but think about it we had a great depression in 1929 and a We're decade doomed. later, in 1939, <laughs> we had the greatest year in movies. We also had a pretty big depression, late 87, Black Tuesday, October 87. And then in 99, we had another greatest year in movies. So the lag is about 10 to 12 years from Damn. now. Mm -hmm. We're going to have in 35. They're probably going to say 33. I think that's got a good ring to it, don't you? 33 they'll go yeah yep 29 and 33 with the greatest decade you know the greatest years in film you'll see wow i've been looking at a lot of charts and graphs and actuary tables and stuff and then did a correlation with pirates and carbon um warming no i'm kidding you've been crunching the numbers over there flying spaghetti monster reference you used yarn right yeah that was i did <laughs> like Charlie <Arr>. Day. Yeah. <laughs> Did you this just popped into my head? Uh so I know let me use this as an example. Uh there's like movies, even like right now, like superhero movies, and they have to film extra scenes for China to like appeal to China for whatever reason. And they'll have like another character in the movie and like have a whole other subplot of that's like, fine that's do common. you know what i'm talking about that's coming have... they had to change a line of broccoli because it didn't make sense to japan that was 15 well, years ago that, 
Um, you, they will change characters. They will change jokes. You can't make a Toledo joke. You have to find what Toledo is in that culture and change the line. So there's we'll have like a whole other story in the movie and a whole okay. other character. Did you ever? Did you ever uh, have to deal with that? Like, did you ever like film extra scenes and you're like, oh, this isn't like shown in the American version, but this is shown in whatever other version. There's the bits they shot. They didn't make the cut in, you know, Close Encounters. There's a shot back at the power station when he's talking to his boss and Richard Dreyfuss. It's like a little minute scene. That'll be in the TV version because they need extra time with commercials and stuff to fill out the hour. So there will be little things. Uh, there's nothing on the cutting room floor. I worked on such cheap movies with such little budget. There's there's no, we, every scene we figured out a way to make work. And if we couldn't, we just didn't shoot it. We cut it out of the script. Um, it had to work in rehearsal. It had, we had to know, it had to be in the storyboards. And um, you could trim a scene. We don't need those last two lines. All right, that open, let's just cut right to this. But every scene of everything is, is, is there. Yeah. No, no extra China scenes. Now we shot, Huh. We're doing adventures of babysitting and we're in the chop shop and we're crawling across the beam and we're all serious and we're up there. There's we're actually there's scissorless up underneath us. So it's a good 30 foot drop. But underneath this is only like an eight foot drop to this pad. Still break your um, leg. But and so really we're going to go die. climb through this jagged yeah. thing and out onto the roof. And um, they go, hey, uh, last minute, not in the script. They go, hey, listen, we want to shoot something for the trailer. It's only for the trailer. It's um. You know, do you think your parents will ever ask me to babysit again? Oh, I don't know if they do. I'd ask them for a buck more an hour. And I hated the line. I go, this is an appropriate time in the scene for it. It's weird. I, I go, I'll do it. Just for the trailer. They go, we promise for the trailer only. And it's in the movie. So I feel, <laughs> you know, but they probably laughed and they go, let's try it in the movie. And it was fine. But I, you know, um, Does I don't it still know bother you when you so see much. it in the movie. Huh? No. Well, it bothers me that it is a it's a ten to one zoom. I think they're using, and you can see it. It's one of the rare only times that they actually use the zoom because it's for oh. a TV spot. So the language of TV and the you know that three four aspect ratio is different than one eight five. So to to get that you'll see it. It's us. It's a kind of a loose three shot, and as we walk towards the camera, actually does a zoom on like a a, a Zeiss lens. Um, no, we were using Panavision Platinums. Us and Inner Space were the first two movies to get the Panavision Platinum. It uses yes. Platinum for the film gate. Um, yeah. Because it's supposed it, to be better for some reason. It was supposed Platinum. to be a crisper, cleaner, less chance for scratches or hairs or some BS. Yeah. It's a 4K of the 80s. Yeah, it's like... Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. That and then... Um, what was the... What do they call it? Color uh, correction or whatever? Color timing? Color... <laughs> Like when people say they do the color, um, color that correction. was like yeah. that was running it through a bleach bypass or <laughs> or pushing it a stop or pulling it a stop in development. That was all done in camera with exposure, and then they pretty much would nail it with the print because we'd watch dailies. We'd actually sit in a theater the day after filming a long day watching yesterday's. So you're so far, especially the first scene of like a Monday. You work all of Monday and then all of Tuesday before you see even the first scene from, you know, 36 hours ago. So you have no idea whether you're coming or going. And it's pretty easy to separate. Like, you're so exhausted, too. You go, it starts to look like a movie. You go, oh, that's what I'd use that take. And then in Adventures of Babysitting, I cut it together. As we were going and I was watching the dailies, I go, 
in my mind, how I would cut the picture. And when the movie came out, it was balls on accurate. <laughs> <laughs> you you seem to uh, know a lot about like filmmaking and whatnot. Have you done anything filmmaking wise? Yeah, yeah, shorts and stuff, and directed theater and uh, uh, chips. Last episode of Chips, John asked, and I go, "Oh, you know, you should start with here and a dolly, and then have them come here." And he goes, "Why don't you direct this?" And I go, "Okay." And <laughs> so I directed the last scene of the last episode of Chips. Um, maybe that's why it was canceled. But when you <laughs> see the adults do a behavior over and over again, then you learn the rules of tennis. Even though that's it's weird, true, yeah. weird scoring, you still learn it. So at yeah. five, I'm on a set. I know how to string a cable. I know how to you know put a nine light up on a high roller. I know uh, that's probably a five, six, eight split for exposure. Uh, what are you on a 60? Uh, like, and they go, yeah, the cameraman would look at me at 10 years old and I'd be talking their language and because I need to know my frame size and it's easier to go, are you an 85? Yeah. And, and I know where my frame size is than to say, where's my frame size? And they have to go like this. Um, and so I love the technical part of it. Absolutely loved it. I still do. I think the technical part is, um, is uh, is the magic part of uh of filmmaking so the difference between film and and theater theater you sit in one spot and you watch this kind of flat you know on the proscenium so there's depth in film you have a foreground background um movement you can't tell a theater member to uh, get up from seat j12 and could you move to seat l15 and do it in about 20 seconds slowly you can't tell them that, but you can do that. You can do camera movement on film. You can also do a set change in one twenty-fourth of a second. On stage, it takes a minute. You got to have like a Queen Mab speech to cover a set change. By the way, yeah. one of the greatest speeches, comedy speeches in Shakespeare, the Queen Mab speech at the end of the Romeo and Juliet meeting at the party, that speech was written to cover a set change. So the technical that's, has a lot to do with awesome. what's on screen. Another is focus. So I could, if it was a jury scene and a courtroom scene, and it's a big wide shot on stage of a courtroom to get the audience to focus on one juror wringing her handkerchief, you'd have to have everyone kind of freeze and that juror would have to make a little bit of movement. On film, you have a wide shot, cut to a close-up of the handkerchief, cut back to a wide shot, you're done. Um, there are two more. Um, and I wish I could remember them now mostly, <laughs> mostly to do with movement mostly yeah mostly to do with like pushing in pulling out um yeah so that in film there is something and i grew up on exorcist and uh, the sting and clockwork orange and jaws and, and raiders and close encounters so um you know and lucas and milius and spielberg and uh chimino and uh, uh had the best had the best filmmakers to watch and influence and love watching any scenes. I buy a Blu-ray. I'm sick in the head. I buy a Blu-ray and I will watch all the behind the scenes first before watching the movie. I I've done the same thing plenty of times. I, I do I did that a lot with all the movies that I saw, like Kevin Smith. I've been, I'm a huge Kevin Smith fan. Uh, Silent Bob, uh, Jane Silent Bob reboot, reboot. Oh, yeah. I, 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 I you know what? That was actually the segue I was going for, and you fucked it up. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, that's what I'm here for. But uh like I I I saw, you know, uh <clears throat> Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. I saw Dogma in theaters. I saw a lot of the movies in theaters. So when it came out on DVD, I ended up just watching the special features. And he had back in the day, he had some of the best special features I've ever seen in my life. 
They were they were fucking hilarious, and uh, the, no one better. And I'm so glad you actually were in a Kevin Smith movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, and another. Uh, well, he produced Wrong Reasons, directed by Josh Rausch. Josh Rausch directed Magnum Dopus, the making of reboot, and uh, he shot it on an Arri Alexa six point five. And uh, I'm watching on Amazon Prime, I'm watching Magnum Dopus, which is the greatest making of because it's not a manipulated story or plot. It's they're just documenting them making the movie. Most behind the scenes, they got to make some sort of drama or something. And it's there, but it's organic. And it's, it's and it's so beautifully shot. I was watching the documentary and I go, that camera is nice. You could make a movie with that camera. A couple months later, I get a note from uh, Josh Roush. Hey. You want to be in a movie? I'm going to use the same camera for that thing. So anyway, that is a punk rock um, action. Uh, no, sorry, kind of thriller. Um, amazing cast. Wrong reasons. Just finished a little theater circuit now and hitting uh, ah, June or July VSOD and Blu-ray, DVD, all that stuff. Harley right, Quinn's in it. Uh, Intend to see it. Ralph Garman, <laughs> hard-boiled detective. I love it's Ralph great. Garman. He's so, yep. he's so good. Even even as this himself, is, he's amazing. I look at him and I go, this isn't just your best work. This is this is good work for any actor. It really is. He blows me away in wrong reasons. He could be a hot little, you'll see. He'll be sexy. He's so sexy. You see. I, I should text him right now. Ralph, you're so sexy. You, you can invite him on if you want. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, what did you, th- I have to ask because I, I, I've, I've been a huge fan of Kevin Smith's work for years and years and years. But I feel like they started to fall off. Or he started to fall off, obviously, with the like the 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 Canada series and whatnot. Um, what did you think of Clerks Three? Oh, I bawled, I cried my eyes out. I didn't see Clerks in theater. I think I saw it on you know tape a couple years after because I was watching. I went out I, my way to like watch Slacker and El Mariachi and Clerks, and um, you know at that time it, the accomplishment was you made a movie. Yeah, didn't yeah. matter story, pacing, characters, budget. poster, budget. None of that matters. Can you kind of hear the dialogue? Is there an image on screen that's kind of in focus? And it's eighty-seven minutes with titles. Damn, somebody could pick that up and sell it. And there's plenty of uh, places like New World Pictures that would do that. It's called a negative pickup. So you contact them and you go, "Here's my script. Here's my idea." Um, it's probably going to cost me like you know five hundred thousand to make it, but when I finish it. So there's no risk to you. It's finished. Will you buy it for a million? It's called a negative pickup. They buy the negative. And uh, New World or Warner Brothers or Disney. I did Cheetah. <laughs> was a negative pickup. Got a hundred million and a half to make it. Disney bought it for three million, and it made ten million at the box office. So open the same weekend as Lethal Weapon Two and Batman Returns. Woo! Wow. Um, wow. So the business. Remember, it's entertainment wow. industry show business. And that the economics of it, how do we get paid? How do the artists get paid? It's a crew of 100 people. And on these days, it's a crew of 1,000 with the effects and stuff like that. What was the question? I forgot everything we were talking about. I don't know. This is <laughs> what, <cool>. did, <laughs> what did you think of Clerks 3? Like, oh, I, so, oh, God. So I've been become friends with Brian and Jay and Kevin and the whole, I'm in the Viewers universe. I've had Jason Lee say my name. You know, it's it it's surreal. Um, and, and it's a great, great group of people. Um, and, uh, there's love, the kind of love there and the support. So, uh, oh, I think I thought it was great. I thought it was his, obviously his most personal 
work um, next to Chasing Amy. By the way, <laughs> Joy Lord that. Adams told us the movie's about weed because she smoked weed and Kevin didn't. And weed was the other woman. And he wrote a movie and he changed weed to a woman. Anyway, there's a whole thing oh, about that. Shit. I know. So uh, next to Chasing Amy, I think this is... And dogma, too, because as a Catholic, I'm also raised Catholic. You... Um, it's a belief system. There's Satan and hell and all that other stuff. And as a kid, you believe in Santa Claus and Big Bird and, and Mephistopheles. <laughs> yes. So uh, it's hard for a Catholic to shake that shit off. Trust me. Um, so, uh, yeah, I thought Clerks 3 was great. I can't wait. What I And I gave him a break after Reboot. There's a lot of Keith Coogan in Reboot. Maybe a little much Keith Coogan love. I said, let him do Clerks 3, wrap it up. You know, I was a part of that whole thing. That's great. But Mallrats, motherfucker, I'm in. I, you know, love Shannon Doherty. I did uh, a Jump Street with her. Uh, London. Um, That's another fucking movie. I forgot. Tales from I forgot about. I've got to get into, uh, with his project, Tales from the Crypt with his brother. The London brothers are both friends. And um, it's like, I worked with one and not the other, but. And then I forget which one I worked with. and I, I still can't tell them apart. I grew up with Rachel and Robin Bush, who were the little twins on Little House on the Prairie. And growing up, I couldn't tell. I'm really bad at telling twins apart. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. I, I honestly I love did not. Love I did not want that movie to come out just because I was like, it, not necessarily pissed. Like, I, I started to, my my love of Kevin's movies started to waver a little bit because reboot wasn't amazing. And every, and a couple of stuff before that wasn't, ama- oh, it's, I, I lied. Reboot was really good, but it wasn't like what I wanted it to be. You know what I mean? But I, you started to say it. I cried my eyes out at, at, at clerks three. It, it, it arguably is one of his best movies in my opinion. And I'm glad he went back That's to the formula. I have to admit, that Jay and Harley's work in reboot was phenomenal. Oh, absolutely. They're the heart of that picture, the father, daughter stuff in that. And that's, you know, Kevin and his daughter, Harley and Jay and his daughter, um, probably named like stormtrooper or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Ava. Oh, oh, I, wait, what's oh, her oh, name? I, Millennium I Falcon. <laughs> well, yeah, the movie. Exactly. Um, and, oh, uh, oh, oh, oh. I'm an idiot. So, <laughs> So neat. Uh, now, Strike Back was the first time I felt um, Return of the Jedi. So there's that moment about halfway through the Return of the Jedi, and you go, "Oh, oh, okay." Kind of see the effect. I feel the writing. I feel it like wrapping. I feel something's not right. It's off. It's off. And um, yeah. I, I, South Park did it great when they rape in him over the pinball machine. Um, <laughs> that. <laughs> that in the middle of return of the Jedi, the rape began and um, you go, Oh, Oh, marketing and money. And that's more important than the artistic vision. Got it. So some things will ring false because all those other people wanted a happy ending. I now have to get this happy ending. Okay. Oh, they're, we're going to double down into a celebration and shoot off fireworks and have a different song. Okay. George, whatever you want to do. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll follow George down away. George is a techno file so he's just into the technology and the toys and the spaceships and the cars and the stuff and you know people and stories is is maybe tougher for him george if you're listening thank you for producing escape artist one of my grandfather's last films uh zoetrope i got to go to zoetrope and meet everybody and um 
go on the set of Escape Artist, which had Desi Arnaz and Griffin Dunn. I mean, Griffin uh, O'Neill. Um, this is a good the, thing. You can talk all the shit you want. I swear, George will never see this. <laughs> <laughs> he has it on Google. Chickens. It's like Nerds of Unusual Origin. Just name check George Lucas. <laughs> yeah, that's that's gonna be the title of this show when we when we get. Huh, I have movie. to listen. I have to listen uh, now. Keith Coogan uh, shoots on we, George we, Lucas. We have an audio drop for all for the name of our episode. So Dave, go ahead. <laughs> there it is. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's uh, our producer Dave is is behind everything, so behind everything. Yeah, just like Corey Feldman. <laughs> Corey Feldman's he's, behind nine eleven. Behind everything, he did this. Well, that's funny. No, oh my god, it's <laughs> craziest, craziest. Listen, thing Corey, I, I left yeah. my wife at home and I went out and joined Corey, and we went. Oh my god, we went with his family bowling. Wild. Oh no! It was so unusual. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I love. Oh, it. I, I'm like sitting here, <laughs> like, like no, nothing, like, no scandal. I, no, I agree. No. You know, actors do work to have a you know outward image and a, and a persona. My don't. I always like the characters, and I hated doing PR. I said, "Can I talk about the movie? Can I talk about the character?" And then they asked me about myself, and I'm like, "I don't have a myself. Um, I'm Zelic. I literally, I am just a performer. I'll go in, dance, monkey dance, whatever it takes to entertain the crowd." Um, and it comes with growing in a dysfunctional household. Uh, you need to read the room and you need to, know how to make people laugh real quick. Um, so uh, mine were survivalist skills in entertaining. A lot of my comedy comes off in that desperate kind of way. And I love those type of characters. They're close to me. Um, and I love fallible people. People you can see right through. You can just see their scheming right through. Um, read them like a book. And, uh, and I insist on doing things that people would do. So when you're watching, in the back of your mind, you go, hmm, actually, that's something I would do. Um, or I've done that before. And we can laugh at ourselves. That's my own, only goal. That's my only goal. That's my only job. Uh, period. So my image has been the fool, the clown, the joker. Uh, Arlecchino, Bugs Bunny. Um, and, uh, but I'm also painfully shy. Love being alone. Love play my video games, read my books, or writing, or filmmaking, or you know that's apart from all the time that I travel with my wife, and we, you know, really have a great, you know, we. It's hard. We're not super rich or anything like that, but um, uh, we enjoy while we're working. That's when you guys we got have, married? We have, oh, I'm not being we got ten years ago, and we're <laughs> like, hey, do you want to just fly around and travel and do hotels and? conventions and stuff like that yeah okay let's do that so we've been doing that and it's it's fun it gets tiring and after a while but you know the show must go on and you got to hit the mark and the curtain goes up my wife just wants to sit at home so my wife at least uh at least you're doing something everybody just wants to i love you if you're listening whoa stay puffed down that was her being mad at you oh wow it was here's here's a sad question did you know jason david frank from all the conventions yeah, Green I think Power we Ranger. had done some. Yes, yes, but not close. No, I always no, do well at Power that. Ranger shows. Anytime I go to an autograph convention, I look over and I see you know red, yellow, black. I'm like, cool. I'm gonna do really well. Uh, I don't know why. <laughs> yes, yes, right age group. Yep, that'd be like our our age group. Me and Steve. Yeah. Colin's a little bit younger. Colin's a young and young. Dave, Dave's even younger. Baby. We got babies working. We got. Oh man, I hope that the the Coogan Act doesn't apply over here. 
We're employing children. <laughs> we're really not yeah. and nobody's no this me. falls <laughs> under news gathering it's documentary it's not union and the baby yeah. is incidental just like the art which is copyrighted and trademark characters however those are one-off art pieces and being incidental and in the background and not the focus of our podcast uh falls under fair use and the child is not covered any sort of labor act because you're not requiring the child to be on a mark or do a thing at a certain time. And you're not paying the child. So as long member, if you put your kid on camera, just don't pay him. Yeah, Dave, fuck yeah. you. <laughs> you yeah, heard but... it here. Keith Dugan said, fuck them kids. But they give me beer. And... <laughs> not, not, not literally. <laughs> no, not like that. Metaphorically. They give me beer and I'm only 17. Whoa, don't, don't <laughs> help them. No. 17 and a half. I think in Michigan that's legal. I think that's okay. Sure. That's where we're oh, based Jesus. out of now. Yeah, um, <laughs> if anyone... That's where that's where we are. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, yeah. we we've taken up enough of your time. You've been with us for yeah, the last yeah. two hours. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Thank you so you much. Man. Assholes. I, I could I know. I you are very personable. Thank you for this. I, I could I, talk to you all. I day. sincerely awesome. thank you for everything. You like you corresponding with me, you agreeing to do this with us. Like I it, it, it's amazing like you're probably the coolest dude i've ever talked to so <laughs> i will tell you that yeah i, mean, I, I think we should get an apartment love, together love do you want to move think, yeah uh, and uh, i do <laughs> i love need a place about to movies, live and if we talk about movies that i'm in that's fine too but um i just am passionate about it and uh big film geek so the time went very quickly thank you for having me Ooh, bring up that thing uh the, the last it's, comment it's what do you I say dare. Don't be so modest, you sir. Are the reason I love '80s, early '90s flicks. Uh, so many laughs and so many memories. I used to watch "Don't Tell Mom" with my late grandparents. So mm -hmm. thank you, sir, for the memories. That's Anthony that's awesome. he, he, so, he is literally thirty feet from me this way. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I kind of grew up with Anthony. You. He's a good man. Um, you know, but good no, man. sincerely, thank you. Like I, I. I'll I'll uh, I'll be seeing you next week. I'll I'll be there. Uh, awesome, but awesome. yeah, like I I sincerely appreciate it. Yes, thank oh, you for sharing yes. so much with us. Like hearing the ins and outs of kind of the inner workings of movie production and everything, and you know, getting to hear all the people that you've run into. It's really cool to hear. That's the only Sweet. thing. Get yeah. to it quick. I know. I'm a, I just like to listen. I'm a quiet oh, yeah. guy. I just My like brain to is shot to through like Swiss cheese from living through the 90s. So um, as long as I can still remember this stuff, I would gladly talk about it and share it. We can oh, document awesome. it for yeah, when I, I lose it. I, I was... I was watching, preparing for this, I was watching other interviews with you and just like videos and stuff like that. And I didn't want to ask um, the the same old questions about the same old things um, just all the time. So I wanted to, so I was trying to ask off the beat or whatever questions, but I've noticed this in all the things you probably get asked the same things all the time. Watch and you answer stand them. up. It's on it. It's on my <laughs> channel. Just Keith Coogan at YouTube, but I, my yep. stand up, I, I do stand up for half of it. And then I go, listen, I'm not really stand up, you know, I'm an actor, but I do a lot of interviews and Q and A's and stuff. Why don't I just do like an FAQ, the top five questions I get asked. And 90% of the time that I do podcasts, and this is why I thank you guys. Of course, you're great, great research, and they're great questions. They weren't these. But it's always the exact same five questions that I do in my act, which is hysterical. And I know um, Biff, 
from Back to the Future hands out a card. Yes, Marty's very nice. Yes, this. No, we didn't do that. No, we. You know, uh, <laughs> Steve Martin has a card that says this card is proof that you met Steve Martin and he was funny, charming, and witty. Um, and, <laughs> That's amazing. So anyway, well, thank you guys. It was very, it's very flattering. Oh. I'm very lucky to. You know, I was. Uh, gone nuts as a kid that I was on the love boat or got to play with David Hasselhofer got to you know um, do these movies and oh there's that camera and stuff so I, I'm not really a part of it I, I running to keep up and lucky Curtis Armstrong Booger from um, Nerds he said yeah, uh, Revenge of the Nerds I love Curtis Armstrong and he's and so a a funny person. quick witty smart he's one of the best speakers next to brian o'halloran i have ever seen the two of them could hold court any situation anything and write something that i they really really uh, anyway he said there's two levels of luck in this industry the first level industry first level of luck is you get a job you got cast in a movie oh my god they're paying me and then they're feeding me it's great and maybe like i don't know the second level of luck is, is there a 35-year anniversary? Do you have cast reunions? Is the Blu-ray being sold? Are they still streaming it on HBO Max? That's a whole other level of luck. Yes. So to be, you know, um, Adventure of Babysitting isn't Ferris Bueller's. It ain't 16 Candles. It ain't Breakfast Club. But it got mentioned in the same reviews, especially considering um, the rumor is David Simpkins was trying to break story and he saw Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And in that, the characters who live in Chicago, the parents leave, and so the kids go on one day all around Chicago, never stopping in the same place twice. They go to a French restaurant, have a musical scene, and then beat the parents home just in time. Literally beat for beat adventures in babysitting. Um, <laughs> so that's probably why it was mentioned. And just to be mentioned in the same sentence as Ferris is like, that's awesome. People call it a cult. They'll go, oh, cult babysitter movies, bench, you know, babysitting or babysitter dead. And I'm like, oh, I appreciate that. Cults, you know, Rocky Horror. Cults or, the shit. Uh, you know, tape heads or cult is a, to me, cult is, you know, uh, American Wolf in London. You know, we, there's budget <laughs> and we tripled that and release and did good press and it did well on video and it didn't lose money. It wasn't, wasn't a hundred million dollar movie. So it was, you know, it was a success. And, um, but also had something, I think, special because of the cast and, and all of them. It all comes down to the cast. And uh, this is one of the businesses where sometimes you got to work with people that you don't like. You got to stand next to them. Yeah. There's a mark, stand yeah. there. They're going to stand there. And you got to do the scene with them. And you have a past or you have a history or you just don't gel. It happens. And hopefully um, you can't tell. <laughs> but none yeah. of the it's only on movies that I could pay you 20 bucks and you couldn't find a download ah yeah gotcha. <clears throat> it's you are, but like I was saying you are I know that you've answered all those questions a million times we're not gonna uh, you can watch you yeah. stand up and, and check all those questions for anyone that's wondering all those questions and everything but I, I've noticed this about you um, you will answer them with the same like you don't you're not like yeah, so like you're still enthusiastic. I know it must be killing oh, you a little no. bit. But you're gonna, you I know. So I did one earlier this nice week. Nice about started it. With, they started with, so how did you get started? And I was like, I think you, there's a micro, like, I, 
where I go, all right, how deep, how much? I don't know the pace. I don't know the length. Right. Usually I don't have the time to really read anything about these. I'm like, I got a slot. I got to sit down, turn the light on and go. And so I don't know. I'm kind of flying blind a lot of these interviews too. So thank you. Um, but yeah, I sometimes we, we, I wonder, we always ask that one because we're nerds people, of unusual origin. So we ask origin. But other than absolutely. that, we, we try not to. Uh, sometimes people might like a story and they want me to do that story. So they'll ask the same question that elicited that story. But I don't know if that's the case. And I don't know if that's the story they're rooting for. You know what I mean? So I have to do this yeah, thing that actors yeah. are really not good at. Listen. <laughs> and I'm not good at it. I have attention span of a squirrel. And, uh, and you know, and there's two ways someone can come at you. And this is in autograph conventions. And they're not being mean, but some are. There's a difference between someone coming come at your table and going, oh, do you still act? And someone coming up and going, oh, wow, uh, oh, do, do you still act? Is something I can see in right now, right? Yeah. There's a little difference there. Yeah. My grandfather handled it great. Someone would come up to him and go, oh, when was the last movie you did? And my grandfather would go, when was the last movie you did? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like when we ask, it's a, I want to see you in something again. Totally. What, what can I expect totally. from you? Yeah, 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 thank you, so, thank you. I went through a dick move so, where I was like, I think I'd hit 30 movies, and, and people were asking me, oh, do you still act? Do you want to act? Of course I want to act. I found it every day. I was up for, you know, um, Babylon, two parts in Babylon. I was up, you know, uh, up for four versus Friday. You get all these great opportunities. I get some, you don't. You, you, you don't get some, and you get some, you do. Um, so uh, uh, one answer is when they pay me. Do you still act when they pay me? That's a dickish answer. Um, yeah, it's funny though. It's not too it's bad. <laughs> I'd like. I like that. I'd be like, yeah. Uh, so before you go, to tell everybody where they can buy tickets for t for next week's events and everything. I'll put it back up on the uh, the screen there for you. Yeah, it's and if we can expect another monologue a day. Anna Bannock and Anna. Fin <laughs> oh wait, no, it's. Agawam Cinema, <laughs> KeithCookin.TicketLeap.com. That website again, Agawam Cinema, KeithCookin.TicketLeap.com. Use the code NERD. And you'll get a great deal by three, get one free. See you there. That That's actually a really good deal. That is a good deal. That, that's a good yeah. deal, man. Dude, that's a good deal. Uh, yeah. Where can people find you? Uh, yeah, KeithCookinOnline.com. Yeah, right. Twitter and Instagram at just KeithCookin. I didn't do the clever like Will W with Twitter like he did. I, I'm dumb. I did along the full name. Don't fall for the Keith Coogan official on Instagram. There are two fake accounts that are trying to friend people and, and Bitcoin them or something. I don't know. And I don't know why. It's like an untouchable. Oh, somebody Bitcoins me? I'm going to be their uh, friend. Sean Connery and Kevin Costner are talking and, uh, you know, you're a treasury agent. And he goes, who would pretend to be that which is not? I don't know why someone's imitating Keith Coogan online. They're not going to get far. Um <laughs> Hey, <laughs> who, who, they thought it was will wheaton i do need to know <laughs> who, who who bought keith coogan.com oh yeah oh, it was they're, keith a coogan. they're a lovely couple it is uh three or four sentences there's a picture of them in their lawn chairs they reside in kent and that's their website oh, nothing i can do seriously? about seriously really yeah who cares wow. that's so strange it's fine. I'm gonna going to get them on the podcast. I'm going to kind of look at Dave. Look that up right now. I'm going to do. I'm going to do what I can to get them well, to give you that website. Yeah, KeithCoogan.com. We will have our we, army of of watchers. We will sit Corey them. Feldman on you. 
Use code Corey Feldman. Use yeah, Corey's like Raid Shadow Legends. Your website, I've use, got some notes. <laughs> use code Corey yeah, Feldman is, to unleash the just, wrath of hell. Dave, just go to Keith Coogan. Coogan. Wow. Coogan.com. Yeah, right there. Jesus, now I gotta Dot see com. this. Don't you mess? Oh, yeah. You mess with the Coog? Oh, hey, you might be able to buy it. It says it can't be reached. Doesn't exist. Yeah, fuck them people. You should check it out. It's yours now. See, I think they, they heard uh, this shit. They're um, they saw this and um, they fucking immediately look what we did. Cease and desist. What's it called? <laughs> what is the Yahoo place called? Um, Domain. Remember those old? Um, oh man, you guys are probably too young. GoDaddy. No. Yeah, who gave out free websites and they were called Home. Something home. Uh, I can't even remember now. Wow. I'm old. Uh, I'm old. I know Burger King uh, was taken and it was by a guy who hated Burger King and he just shit on him. Oh my God, I heard about and that. It yeah. took him forever and they finally bought it for from him for, for a lot D- of money. D- Dave's finding out if KeithCoogan.com is available. Hold Keith on. KeithCoogan.com. There's a YouTube essay. Ooh, Congrats. Hey, it is available. Hey, oh, nice. I. We just told you, we're letting you know right now your domain is available. You right should buy now. it. $12.99. $12.99. Oh, wait, that's for .net. Oh, you fucker. But yeah. that, that one's also available, though. KeithCoogan.org. I have no Dave. org. No organization. <laughs> KeithCoogan.com. No, it's that's commerce. It goes to my website to sell stuff, so I am a commerce site. KeithCoogan.com is $38.96. There you go. Dave, buy it. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Put it on my wife's credit card. <laughs> no, I'd rather have that babysittergui.com. <laughs> the babysitter guy. Yes. Get the dishes that's are done, fucking man. amazing. Ooh, that's good. Uh, so, <laughs> all right. We, we'll let you go, but I, I need you to say it. Can you say it for me, please? Okay, so I was at a funeral in Utah. And a uh, friend of the families and Utah and Mormon churches, they'll do a service. And then the uh, downstairs underneath... In a little area, they're you know quiet family and stuff, and they'll eat and kind of be respectful. And one cousin, the deceased, uh, came over to me and he's all solemn and he came up close to me and he goes, "Did you just say it once?" Um, in the middle of the <laughs> funeral. So I will gladly um, listen, guys. Nerds of unusual origin, you guys have been really fun, and I guess there's really only one thing left to say: dishes are done, man. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so thank much thank you keith. so much thank you keith you you are amazing i so much fun tonight oh cheers 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 thank you so no, much i'm done but there's probably a drop get that wait I, I let me get the label you. right there's still half of this is not that great cracking open <laughs> another one i did say i liked it i am steve i'm mikey i'm steve <laughs> We're and, Colin. and this is Keith Coogan. Keith and fucking Coogan. Woo. See you guys. Stay happy. Stay healthy. Stay nerdy. Nobody Thank leaves you, the place singing the blues. See ya. Thanks for listening. Uh, hold on. I'm gonna. Yeah. I'm gonna end broadcast. End broadcast. Uh, for now.